93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And now, Preston and Steve's news updates with Kathy Romano. And today is Thursday, September 23rd. Good morning, Kathy. Good morning. In the news this morning, a delegation from FIFA and U.S. soccer arrived in Philadelphia on Wednesday as Philadelphia vies to bring the World Cup to the city in 2026. Cheering fans stood along the driving route to the stadium complex and then welcomed the delegation to Lincoln Financial Field. Mayor Jim Kenney, Eagles CEO Jeffrey Lurie, and Eagles President Dom Smolensky greeted the delegation at the stadium, which would serve as the prime venue. A 24-person delegation is evaluating 17 U.S. cities to host matches for the 2026 FIFA World Cup, which would also have sites in Canada and Mexico. Ten U.S. cities will be selected. Boston, Orlando, and Nashville are some of the other cities that are being considered. You think it's a negative that some soccer fans just beat a guy to death at uh, Pets? Mm -hmm. Not a good sign. If if anything Mm -hmm. like that actually weighs into a decision like this? You know, that's a good point. On the other side, I was reading an article today that uh, the fact that this is the city of Comcast's home office and location could right. figure uh-huh. favorably yeah. into, into the decision. But you're right, Preston, that, that's a know. black eye on them. Yeah. It is unclear what the exact match schedule would be, but every potential host city was asked to be prepared to host five five to six matches over a two-week period. Big-name athletes like Julian Zach Ertz, Carly Lloyd, and Heather Mitz are some of the honorary co-chairs encouraging FIFA to select the city of brotherly love. One of the biggest messages from organizers is that Philadelphia has hosted a number of large-scale national and international events over the last few decades. Support is not universal, however. A protest was planned in South Philadelphia with rally organizers expressing concern over the possibility of constructing practice fields in FDR Park. Did you see the video? They had the Pope to prove what you were saying, yeah. doing a headshot into a goal. Uh, just oh, to say, it's funny that you should say that, Kathy, because, uh, you know, I, I park at FDR Park when I go to the Eagles games, and I was yeah. there on, on Sunday. And I, I was, as I was walking through with my friend who has never been there, I go, you know, this is a, it's a great park. It's, no, it's not Boston Commons, right? But, and so it could, there are sections of that park that could use a little TLC, yeah, right? right? So, the fact that people are protesting this is, it to me, is a little silly because there are some parts of the park that are just overgrown. I'm like, uh, maybe an know? event like this would actually help bring some TLC right. to something. Possibly, you know? yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, don't go chasing waterfalls. No, yeah. right. <laughs> oh, TLC. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't. Know. I was like, man, it's early. Sometimes it's early. Nick, my brain's not on Nick, yet. Nick, just stick to the rivers and the lakes that you used to. So you got to do. You guys, tag team, oh, man. Was, Listen, you know what I love that way. song. <laughs> I love you both. That was terrific. Thank Good you. Morning, it. Thank you. The Camden City School District is offering families a thousand dollars to take their children to school themselves this school year. It is another district dealing with the shortage of school bus drivers since classes resumed. Families who can take their children to and from school um, for the 2021-22 school year can apply for the one thousand dollar contract. Mm. To qualify, the district says that you would have to meet these requirements. The child must be eligible for transportation services. Uh, your child must be attending a Camden City school, your household mem- member must have a current license and a current vehicle registration, and then you, uh, household member, must have insurance with a $15,000 liability coverage. In addition, the Camden City School District is also offering monthly bus tickets for those who want to accompany their child to school via New Jersey Transit. The School District of Philadelphia and the Eastside Charter School in Delaware are among others offering cash incentives for parents to drive their uh, 
drive their kids to school during the school bus shortage. There, I, I was talking to somebody uh, who does uh, manages some of the school buses and in uh, a couple of the districts, and they said that they're packed. Oh yeah, we we had a, a an event at uh, Sequoia, and um, there was a guy there who was a, a bus driver talking about. Uh, there's just pandemonium going on. Yeah. We're trying to handle all of the demand and not having a lot of bus drivers. Yeah, in our district, one of the buses first day of school. It just never came. No. You know, obviously, obviously, there was a mistake with the bus route and all that, but, like, all the kids were waiting, and their parents had to, like, rush, get them in the car. Oh, man. And then they were like, don't worry, don't worry. It's fixed. We'll pick them up tomorrow. No, I think it was, like, the whole week the bus never came. Wow. <laughs> The Philadelphia Parking Authority will be cracking down on drivers who park in bike and bus lanes. Officials say the PPA is establishing a bike lane enforcement unit. I didn't know it was that big of a problem. Um, The pilot program will focus on the area from Delaware Avenue to 40th Street and then Spring Garden Street to Bainbridge Street. Five officers will patrol the area looking for illegally parked cars. The PPA will decide after one year if it will expand the program to other parts of the city. It's unclear when the pilot program will begin. In sports this morning... The Phillies beat the Baltimore Orioles 4-3 last night in the ballpark. Bryce Harper <laughs> threw out the tying run at the plate in the eighth inning, and Andrew McCutcheon hit a two-run home run to keep the Phils in the National League East race. They took two of three against the 104-loss Orioles, but are still three games behind the Braves, who have won four straight and beat the Arizona Diamondbacks last night 9-2. The Pittsburgh Pirates came to town for a four-game series that begins uh, tonight. Aaron Nola will get the start, and game time is scheduled for 7.05. In tonight's Thursday night football matchup, the Carolina Panthers will travel to Houston to play the Texans. Kickoff is at 8.20. And the NHL completed its gambling investigation of Evander Kane and says it found no evidence that the San Jose Sharks star bet on his own game. The investigation began because of allegations on social media uh, by his by his wife, Deanna. The couple recently entered divorce proceedings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. oh that's a sly wow. move. Yeah. <laughs> the league also said it opened a new investigation into Kane for unrelated allegations of potential wrongdoing that were brought to the league's attention. The league did not specify further on that matter. And that's what I have for you this morning. All right, thanks a bunch, Kath. Man, do we have a lot going on today? Love it when this happens. We are stacked and packed, and we've got money to give away as well. So the money clips happen twice on the Preston and Steve show, 8 and 10 a.m. I think you know this by now, so get yourself set $500 up for grabs each time. Then we have joining us M. Night Shyamalan on the program. We haven't talked to Night in a little while. It's been a while, yeah. And uh, we're ramping up for Shyamalween, which is coming up on Saturday, October 23rd at a secret location. So we will talk to Night about that this morning. Uh, we're also going to have Steve Van Zant, and it's Bruce Springsteen's birthday today. Yeah. So he's got a memoir. It is called Unrequited Infatuations, and it's available now. And no, uh, or no, on the twentieth. I'm sorry, is when that comes out. So uh, we talked to Steve a couple of times over the years. He's great. Uh, we'll chat with him. You know what? He was recently. And I didn't find out uh, he was up for induction into the Radio Hall of Fame, Mm -hmm. believe it or not, along with us. Yes, in a different category. So we're going to have to ask him about that. Uh, We also have Dorothy, who will be at the MMRBQ 
on Saturday, and we will talk to her and see where her head is at in preparation for the big show. We see Dorothy every time uh, we come into the building because there is a big Dorothy mirror. Yes. When you come into the hallway, and it's like, yep. there she is. Dorothy's looking over us. Uh, We're going to talk to her a little bit after 10 a.m. as we uh, get prepared for Saturday. As we said, uh, beautiful weather. We're looking, yeah. we're looking solid for MMRBQ. So uh, if you're looking for, if, if you had plans that fell through, if you gotten your, haven't gotten your tickets by now, maybe you had something else going on. But if they have fallen through or all of a sudden you realize Saturday, man, I would like to do something. We got a lot of great live music. It's only 25 bucks to sit on the lawn. Tickets are some, uh, some tickets are still available. So grab them and join us for that event. All right, let's take a break because we got a lot to get to today. And we'll come back in just a moment. We'll dive into the entertainment report as well as a stupid question. It's up next. Stay put. Love MMR? Buy some gear. Check out the rock shop at WMMR.com. It's fancy. No, it's it's not fancy. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Steve, was that you making that lip-popping noise? Yep. What is that? It's an octopus walking. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. All right, so stupid question this morning. I like this one because I never knew this. $150 Fogo to Show gift card, by the way, is what we're giving away. It's good stuff. Vermilion. Yeah. <laughs> Is a shade of what color? Yep. Mm. 215-263-WMMR. Do you know, Kat? I don't, but uh, Vermilion Hills was the uh, the section across from where I grew up. So, oh. And she's more uh, a maroon glacé. Yeah, maroon glacé. Vermilion, let's see if you know the answer. What shade is a shade of what color? 215-263-WMMR. But it must be like a tree or a bush or a berry or something, right? Because all those yeah. roads are named after trees or bushes right, or berries. Right. Maybe. Oh. I don't know. We'll have to look that up. Hmm. I'm going to go through some birthdays while we're looking that up. Today is Thursday, September 23rd. Jason Alexander celebrates birthday today. He was just in that skin of the Emmys we were yeah. talking about, where he has been was nominated seven times for Seinfeld and never won. It was a therapy group for people who have never won Emmys and who are always nominated. I know you're going to agree with what I'm going to say now. One of his best roles, Shallow Hell. Oh, my God. He's, he's, so, he's so good. And so good. hair. And he's so insanely picky about women, and he has no he reason. He has a tail. To, yeah, yeah, he has an actual tail. <laughs> I love <laughs> I love that movie yeah. where uh, Jack Black goes, well, have you thought about it getting surgically removed? Oh, my God. I never thought of that. Of course I thought of that. <laughs> There's some kind of a, uh, an artery that's wrapped yeah, around right. it, and he can't have it removed. Uh, he's great. He's 62 years old today, Jason Alexander. Julio Iglesias. Uh, Celebrates his birthday today. I never get tired of it. You're kind of but then he in a storm. Moonlight Lady, so only at night will he yes. be with her. She's so ugly he has Keep to... those lights off, please. <laughs> please take a shower. I'm going to put the tarp down. Julio Iglesias is uh, 78 today, and it was him and Willie Nelson. They had to All the Girls I Loved Before, wasn't oh, that? All the Girls I Loved Before, yes. Yeah, that duet, which was kind of a, an, an odd pairing, but ended up being a huge hit It was them. huge, yeah. yeah. Uh, so he's 78 today. Uh, let's see. Uh, do you pronounce this actor's name? Is it Chai or Chi McBride? C-H-I. I say Chai. I, that's what I thought. 
Uh, he's been in lots of stuff throughout the years. Uh, Hawaii Five-0. He's in Undercover Brother. He's great in Undercover Brother. Uh, he's in a movie that I love about roller skating called Roll Bounce. Yep. Uh, gone in 60 Seconds. The kid, he's done tons of stuff. And uh, he turns 60 years old today. He always seemed much older. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. He, he, he plays older. Right. Uh, Mary Kay Place. Oh. Yeah. Who's been in loads of movies throughout the years. Uh, The Big Chill was a, a huge one for First her. time I saw her, Preston, was in the show Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Yeah, it was a weird show. It was a weird show, but that begot Fernwood Tonight, which brought us Fred Willard and Martin Moss. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, she's the mom in Sweet Home Alabama. Uh, she's in oh, Benjamin. Okay. Yeah, you know her. Yeah. Uh, she's been in loads of movies, uh, being John Malkovich, Girl Interrupted. Uh, she turns 74 Captain today. Ron. Captain, Captain Ron. Ron. She's, the right. she's the wife. Yeah. And there's an underrated movie, Captain Ron. A lot of people don't know about it. <laughs> Is it underrated? I think so. There, there, are, there are a couple of parts. <laughs> there's some, yes. Where it makes me laugh. It makes me laugh. Where they, they get, uh, <laughs> they're in the, the shower having sex or whatever, and Captain Ron, the kids are like, what happened? They're like, ah, they were banging in the shower. He tells us that to the kids. It's pretty impossible not to love him. So, you know. Yes. It's also Martin yeah. Short playing a more straight character. Yes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 Uh, 74 years old today. Anthony Mackie. Oh, uh, love him. One of our favorites. Uh, yes, of course, uh, the, the Falcon. And uh, spoiler alert, he has a big role in uh, the Captain America series. Yeah. Uh, and if you saw, what was the, uh, the show? Falcon and. Soldier, yeah. yeah. Uh, but also before that, before all the Marvel stuff, he was great in the Hurt Locker, Million Dollar Baby, and he's he was one of our favorite guests. He oh, came man. in, could not have been cooler. He was so nice, man. He was just the coolest guy. Uh, he's great in Eight Mile. He's yeah, got tons of great uh, credits in his uh, career, and he turns uh, forty three years old today. And the last birthday I mentioned this earlier, it's Bruce Springsteen's birthday hey, today. Hey, yeah. hey. Yeah. Happy birthday to me. Uh, the boss turns 72, and uh, he's just uh, still being the boss. Uh, and we're going to talk to the boss. one of his employees, Steve Van Zant, later on. I know on. him. I watched him on the This morning. So uh, a big happy birthday to Bruce Springsteen. I'm sure that uh, Pierre's going to spend some time with that in the world oh, yeah. of blocks for the 72nd birthday of one Mr. Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Um, let's see if someone knows the answer to this question. Uh, vermilion is the is a shade of what color? Two one five two six three WMMR. And I will go to Chris. See if we can get the answer. Yo, Chris. Hey, what's up? Morning. Yo, top of the morning to you, Chris. All right. So, <laughs> top ver- of the morning. Vermilion is a shade of what color? Is it red? Red. Yeah. Hey! It is a shade of red. Well, hang on the line, dude. We're going to give you, sir, a $150 Fogo to Show gift card. Uh, when you order at Fogo, you don't order an entree. You order a night of different things to taste and enjoy. Experiences carved tableside. Get to Fogo so that you can discover what's next. And you can make reservations in uh, Center City or King of Prussia at Fogo.com. Um, did we find out yeah. if vermilion is a so plant? It comes, it comes from the Latin word vermis, which means warm. And the uh, name originated because it had a similar co- color to the natural red dye made from an insect. So this insect or worm made um, uh, this dye that uh, became red, that was red. And so that's where they got the name from it. It's also where we get vermicelli. Yes. So, uh, so it looks like a worm, It right? looks warm like it. Yes. Yeah. But it's okay. not a plant. No, it, not, it, it is a plant. Well, there are plants named that, but it's not, it's not from a plant. Okay. But... There is, so yeah. there you go. Yes. Yeah. Therein lies your Bucks County. Levittown. Levittown. Levittown section named after, yes. <laughs> gotcha. 
All right, uh, where are we going to start? Uh, what the hell, the Kardashians. Ah. So, Courtney and Megan Fox yeah. appear nearly nude in a new photo shoot for Kim's Skims lingerie, Thank apparently. You. Do they show nip? Because if they sh- don't show they nip, do not. then I don't care. They do not. Uh, no, they're not, you know, they're not really, they're, right. they're covering up. So. Right. Uh, the pair of BFFs now uh, became close friends through their boyfriends, Travis Barker and Machine Gun Kelly. Uh, they are shown in the promotional images topless and wearing the brand's cotton rib thong. Did you see Megan Fox's outfit for the VMAs? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. I mean, come on. Yeah, she's pretty much, uh, yeah. just it's underwear. Yeah, that's what it covered is. by yeah. a sheer uh, color. Mesh. So, it was yeah. actually very similar to uh, Zoe Kravitz's outfit for, for the yeah, Exactly. Yeah. One of, the, uh, one of the one of the wildest ones you remember years ago is Rose McGowan basically was naked. Yep. Yeah, that one yeah. was that was one of the first ones to go. Oh my god! I, I guess maybe um, Jen uh, Jenny from the Block. Oh, uh, J Lo. Uh, she had. I think it was at the Grammys. Maybe? Yeah, the, the super wide opening that went all yes, the way down yeah. to her crotch. Yeah. Right. So that was the first. Oh my god! Outfit. And then either Matt Stone or Trey Parker wore the same dress. Yes. Oh my god! I forgot about that. <laughs> that was excellent. By the way, Megan Fox captioned the pictures on her Instagram with "Court forever isn't long enough." Aww. Welcome to our Skims cotton shoot. An immersive experience. I okay. love those gals. Uh, well, we'll stick with them for a moment because Machine Gun Kelly will release a graphic novel next week. Uh, the comic book in which he shares writer's credit is named after his album, Hotel Diablo. The book details the afterlives of hotel guests and weaves a ghoulish tale of their stay. Uh, a super deluxe edition, which features an exclusive vinyl reissue of the album, has already sold out, by the way. Do you have to buy the crayon separately? Uh, yeah, I think you got to get those separately. Uh, additionally, the book comes in softcover and hardcover and goes on sale September 28th. Uh, so he's it, diving into that world. Yeah. I, again, he, I thought he was really good as uh, as Tommy Lee in uh, The Dirt. and um, He's talented. He's talented. Yeah, yeah, yeah he definitely is. He's, he's an arty type. I got a, a funny uh, picture sent to me again. Guy said, "You remember that we were talking about the uh, the war of words between him and Corey Taylor? Yeah, I couldn't understand it. And he on stage said, the last thing I want to be is you know, in fifty years old, wearing an effing mask on stage.'" And somebody sent me a series of pictures of him in just these stupid outfits. <laughs> I know, and bizarre makeup choices. And right. it's like, dude, my thing is, I come on, I didn't know what your name was a year ago, and now all of a sudden you're getting into tips with Corey Taylor and Conor McGregor, and I'm like. You're not that important, dude. You gotta watch that stuff. Making him yeah. get there by creating these things. So, all right, anyway, moving on. Uh, Jenna Johnson had to take a day off from rehearsals Tuesday after hurting her knee during her and JoJo Siwa's history making routine. <laughs> At the end of Monday night's premiere of Dancing with the Stars. I heard her entire leg is ripped off at the pelvis. Wow. Yeah, but they're they're going to fix oh, it. Oh, they fix it? Yeah. Okay. So the dancer told Page Six, I slipped on JoJo's dress, and both my feet actually came out from under me while I was in that process of trying wow. to squeeze and not fall. My knee kind of tweaked, kind of slipped out of place, and came back in. So she didn't get her entire reg- leg ripped out. Okay, so. then I misunderstood the report. Yeah. I probably should have read the report or looked at the report. <laughs> yeah. right, right, right. Uh, I watched that first uh, dance number that they did together. Th- yeah. They're really good. She's really good. I saw just a quick highlight of it, so I didn't see the, the full performance. I, I, but I think it's sort of stacked because... She's a real dancer. That's right. She you know? started off. Come on. On like Dance Moms, yes, right? Yeah. yeah. So she's got a background. And they've had that throughout the year. Sometimes you're like, 
Don't they have an unfair advantage? I don't like it. I don't like it. However, she said that she has been icing the knee and will be able to compete in week two. Uh, Johnson shared that Siwa checked in with her twice on Tuesday, both to see how she was doing and to make sure that she was practicing their next routine correctly. Sad news, and Steve, you're certainly familiar with Melvin Van Peebles. Yes, I am. One of the greats. The groundbreaking filmmaker, playwright, and musician whose work helped usher the exploitation wave of the 1970s and influenced filmmakers long after his died. He was 89 years you old. You can't understand how important he was to that. what they call black exploitation movies. I, I loved... All that stuff, all the stuff that he did, just great. I assume he is a related great... to Mario? Yes, he's he is. his father. Yes. Yeah, okay. so his family said that Van Peebles uh, died Tuesday evening at his home in Manhattan. In fact, uh, in fact, uh, Mario Van Peebles said, Dad knew that black images matter. If a picture is worth a thousand words, what was a movie worth? Uh, we want to be the success we see, thus we need to see ourselves being free. True liberation uh, did not mean imitating the colonizer's mentality. It meant appreciating the power, beauty, and interconnectivity of all people. Uh, Sometimes called the godfather of modern black cinema, the multi-talented Van Peebles wrote numerous books and plays and recorded several albums, playing multiple instruments and delivering rap-style lyrics. He later became a successful options trader on the stock market. Uh, but he was best known for Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song, yeah. one of the most influential movies of its time. The low-budget art house film, which he wrote, produced, directed, starred in, and scored, was the frenzied, frenzied hypersexual, and violent tale of a black street hustler on the run from police after killing white officers who were beating a black revolutionary. Um, it made They made it for about... $500,000, including 50000 that was provided by Bill Cosby. So he invested in this. It ended up grossing $14 million at the box office, despite an X rating at the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, limited distribution and mixed critical reviews. So it was a huge hit, given its limitations. Uh, the New York Times, for example, accused Van Peebles of merchandising injustice and calling the film an outrage. Van Peebles, who complained fiercely to the Motion Picture Association over the X rating, uh, gave the film the tagline, Rated X by an all-white jury. But in the wake of its success, Hollywood be, uh, realized an untapped audience, and then they began churning out the box office hits like Shaft and Superfly. So he kind of got the ball rolling he on did. that. And, uh, but at that time, an X rating, a Midnight Cowboy which won the Oscar for Best Picture of the Year, was in the theaters rated X. Mm-hmm. So, so how would they police the, that? The reckoning was a lot different for what constituted uh, an X rating. So they had to... That's that's how, over the years, how you end up with it with a... Uh, an NC-17 or, mm-hmm. or uh, you know, those... The, the, the ratings got modified because mm-hmm. they, were, they were very broad what constituted an X rating. So you had, you know... Triple X was, you know, Deep Throat. Right. And X was Midnight Cowboy. Okay, right, now yeah. they have, like, NC-17. Right, right, yeah. Is there, wait, is there still an R rating? Yeah. yeah. Is that before? Is that PG-13 a, and then R. Then and then NC-17. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so after, you know, Shaft and Superfly started hitting, and then that started bringing in top musicians like Curtis Mayfield and Marvin Gaye and Isaac Hayes to work on those soundtracks. Uh, but Van Peebles did his own music. Uh, after his initial success, he was uh, bombarded with directing offers, but he chose to maintain his independence. Uh, he then got involved in Broadway, writing and producing several plays and musicals. Uh, his death came just days before the New York Film Festival is to celebrate him with a 50th anniversary of Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song next week. Uh, the Criterion Collection is to release a box set, Melvin Van Peebles' Essential Films, 
A revival of his play Ain't Supposed to Die a Natural Death is also planned to hit Broadway next year. So there's a lot going on surrounding yeah. him. So at least before he passed, he got to know that these things were going to happen. So that's that's cool. It's that's funny cool. How, how these things work their way into your lives, too. Because, you know, I grew up in Lily White, Mainline, PA, and I had friends that started liking these types of uh, movies, Steve, like like Shaft and Sweet yeah. Sweetback. And all of a sudden, they, they became, you realized... Oh, there are, these movies exist, and they're fun and funny and awesome, and and so it just it exposes you to, um, you know, I grew up watching Star Wars and Caddyshack, and and then all of a sudden you start getting these in, these glimpses into stuff that isn't in your wheelhouse, but you realize, oh crap, this is just as good. Um, did you guys know there is a, for his first movie, uh, he got this little known band to do the soundtrack. They were called Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Yeah, for his yeah. very first, for his movie. first movie. Mm-hmm. Thank wow. you, Greg Lagans, for that little. Tidbit of information. So sad news about uh, Melvin Van Peebles. Uh, Anthony Rapp, the actor, and his lawyers are petitioning the court for permission to call witnesses to refute Kevin Spacey's allegations that he fabricated allegations of sexual assault against the actor. Uh, you you fabricated that. <laughs> According to documents obtained by Radar, Rapp is demanding the court allow him to call witnesses. He told about the incident to the stand because Spacey continues to cast doubt on his memory of events. Um, the actor is accusing Spacey of making a sexual advance on him in 1986 when he was just 14 years old. So, but Spacey's back on set. He's mm-hmm. he's acting again. Yeah, yeah. I wonder how all this is going to play out. Uh, his attorney writes in the court documents in the 35 years since he was sexually assaulted by Spacey, Mr. Rapp has disclosed uh, the assault to friends, work colleagues, and family members. A judge has not yet ruled on that matter. So we'll see if that goes anywhere. Uh, speaking of this, uh, this is a, a bunch of heavy stuff here, but uh, Elvira, yes. Sandra Peterson, claimed that she was sexually assaulted by Wilt Chamberlain. Whoa. Yeah, in a, a very aggressive, you know, it wasn't like uh, there was any question about what was going on. She made the allegations in her tell-all memoir, Yours Cruelly, Elvira, Memoirs of the Mistress of the Dark, which was released on Tuesday. Uh, she claims the former Harlem Globetrotter and NBA star had forced her to perform oral on him. Uh, when, and she said in the book, when a seven foot one, three hundred pound man has his hand wrapped around your neck, there's really not a lot you can do. So uh, we're, we're talking to her, right? Yeah, yeah next yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, she also references Chamberlain's memoir, where he detailed his history of romantic relationships with women, which he claimed to be twenty thousand. Remember that? I remember that. Uh, she said, "I had to wonder how many of those women actually consented to having sex with him." Wow. Uh, she also wrote about her experiences with other male celebrities uh, when she was a Vegas showgirl, such as biting the lip of Andy Williams, who allegedly tried to forcibly kiss her, mm. and she claims that Tom Jones accidentally sent her to the emergency room following an internal injury sustained oh. while they had sex. Wow. Oh, my God. So yeah, it sounds like guy, man. it wow. was an accident. Huh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, so we'll ask her about those things. Yes. Well, she's selling books and she's ready to talk. When we talk to her next week, for sure. Um, literally, Jordana Brewster says Vin Diesel is like family. Like family. <laughs> yep. Yep. Uh, Jordana's like my family. We're uh, all a big family. It's Jord- about family. Jordana Brewster. Family, family, family. Recently told family. people she feels as close to Vin Diesel in yeah. real life as she does when she's playing his sister in family. the Fast and Furious <laughs> films. Uh, while promoting the F9 director's cut, the actress said, my, fa- 
my favorite thing about being Vin's on-screen sister is that I kind of get to be his off-screen sister and share that title with Sam, who is Vincent, uh, his, re- his real-life sister. Uh, and, oh, the family feud, I got you. Uh, Brewster added... Um, toothbrush. <laughs> Survey says... Number one answer, Vin, congratulations. Oh, no, no. Sorry. There you go. Uh, so, Brewster Hazmat. Ad- Hazmat? Bathmat. Oh, Bathmat. Sorry, I misunderstood you. Uh, Brewster added that she will call him Floss. for for advice. Uh, ad- <laughs> Has that, by the way, have they ever done that? Has the Fast and Furious family ever done Family Feud? They should. Maybe know. early on? I don't know. Uh, she added that she'll call him for advice over her own family. Um, Who is this? Adding, it's really wonderful that I have him as a as sort of this uh, steadfast guide, and that's been really great. So they're, they're already doing pre-production on the next one. Oh, my God. I, you know, okay. The, the, it goes what I, on and on and on. Listen, the movies have been fun. I'm not going to deny that. And they're, they're certainly, you know, crazy. But the last one, even for the most ardent supporters of the franchise, they were saying... Okay. <laughs> Do you remember it's, in... It's time to reel it in. In um, Back to the Future 3, they they make fun of the Rocky franchise by saying, you know, like, Rocky yeah, yeah. 16 or whatever. Mm-hmm. No, it's the Fast and the Fast Furious. Uh-huh. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. the one that will never die. Rocky 5. Yeah. Yeah. Thousand. Yeah. <laughs> Is that what it was? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, no, they also had Jaws. They uh, Well, that was Jaws 3D, 3D, and then they had the big thing. Uh, the By the CGI way, they really out. did have a Jaws 3D. Yeah. Yeah, it was the third movie. Is Rocky 5000 Spaceballs? Or is that mm, Back to the Future? I don't remember. Uh, did they make fun of Rocky and Spaceballs? I, I don't remember that. Rocky 5000. That's a good question. You know what? It is. It is Spaceballs. I thought so. Uh, it's the, yeah, yeah the television reporter. Yes. And um, Pizza the Hut. <laughs> that when he's reporting on Pizza the Hut, he yes. ate himself to death. Oh, right. Uh, and he reports on Rocky 5000. That's correct. All right. <laughs> God, we got that, glad we got that cleared up. We're moving on to another story. Jesse Tyler Ferguson says that his husband, Justin Mikita, never helps with the cooking. Oh, my God! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The Modern Family alum told Page Six, my husband doesn't even do the dishes. He's useless in the kitchen. Nothing. I hate him so much. <laughs> According to the outlet, Makita agreed with his husband's comments. Uh, fortunately, Ferguson says he loves to cook so much that he would have gone to culinary school if it weren't for Modern, fan- modern Family. The so uh, he's the one who does Somebody it. said, go get dig up something. We need some extra. Right. Yeah. We need to pad this. Uh, what's that? No, when these stories come out, they have yeah. their PR people will release stories. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's, a, it's an excerpt from a, from an yeah. interview. Yeah, I yeah. don't have a lot of entertainment news this morning, so no, I'm no problem with yeah, everything yeah. I got. But you know, we did discuss this on Fox Good Day yesterday about that like the did. thing, the chores that uh, causes the most arguments yeah. in the household, and dishes yep. was number one. Dishes. Number one on I would have thought laundry. Yeah, uh, Jennifer Aniston recently mm. opened <laughs> up Bailey. laundry. <laughs> Bitches. Jennifer Aniston. Family. <laughs> Recently opened up to... I don't think anybody else is playing. <laughs> You're just the only one by himself. Vermilion. The section across from where Kathy grew up. That's that Adam McKay show, right? I don't know. 
Uh, Jennifer Aniston recently opened to uh, Marie Claire Australia about the rumors that she and David Schwimmer started dating after the Friends reunion that aired on HBO Max in May. Uh, it's just she, what people want. Yeah, she she told the outlet, uh, I was just saying I hadn't heard a word of this. Honestly, I was getting a couple of texts from people saying, I thought you were on a break, LOL. And I kept saying, what are you talking about? And then I went online to see what was happening, and I was like, that is the funniest rumor that I never heard that got shot down in the quickest amount of time. They addressed it in the special, though. I mean, they, they addressed, like, they, they were, there was an attraction, but they were, they, at every point, they were dating people and they weren't single. So, well, part of the speculation, I guess, happened after they had revealed in that special, which yeah. I, did, I didn't see, that they kind of had a little crush on each other yes. in the first season. But nothing came on. of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. And I think they maybe decided that maybe this isn't the best idea in, in a work environment. Not to, yeah. Yeah, not to eat crap where you work. Yep. Mm-hmm. Or you don't something want to do like that. that. Yeah. Uh, Chrissy Teigen was spotted wearing. Denim underwear uh-huh. to John Legend's OMG. Los Angeles concert on Tuesday. Is that a thing? Denim no underwear? It's got to be incredibly that sounds, uncomfortable. That sounds like the worst thing ever. Like, you know, especially if it's like a thong or something like what? that. Like, yeah. can you imagine the chafing that would happen? Oh. Yeah, do you it the, was um, part of her outfit. They're, oh. they're actually oh. denim shorts ah. that are a thong. That are cut to look like a thong. Yeah. And right. they're worn on the outside of some kind of leggings that she's wearing. I so, mean, yeah. That yeah. Looks, you look stupid. Yeah. Do you remember when we had Burt Kreischer in and he was wearing denim? Uh, well, denim. They were shorts. Looked, yeah. No, well, it was Speedos. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, yeah, it but wasn't, wasn't actually actu- denim. Yeah, it wasn't actually denim. Denim so, would, would cut you up. Oh, yeah. The 35-year-old model shared some pics of the outfit on Instagram where she's captioned the post with, I did not let these shorts chafe me for four hours to not get the uh, pics. Picture. I mean, at least she's honest. So there you go. So, yeah, they would they would chafe you, and she was uh, straight up about we it. We should do a side-by-side of Bert's picture and mm-hmm. uh, Chrissy Teigen. Who wore it best? Who wore it best. Well, Teigen just had her cheeks de-chipmunked, right? She had That's her, right. Yeah. She had some kind of what procedure done. She I basic, forgot what it was like, called. Basically, face lipo. Remember, no, Kath, remember what oh, the we cheeks. talked about? Yeah. With the, uh, I thought, well, the we're lines. talking about the thong in her butt. I thought you meant her butt cheeks. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. uh, yeah. Face cheeks. Uh, let's see. Ah, Netflix announced Wednesday that it is joining forces with the Rolled Doll Story Company huh. to bring some of the world's most loved stories to current and future fans in a new way. So, uh, Doll's catalog includes the classics Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, and James and the Giant Peach. All made well. into movies. Yes. So, they have, uh, yeah, they've picked up that catalog, which means... I don't know if that means just those movies that were already made Did, or they're going to uh, create some new stuff. Didn't he write uh, The Witches, too? The um, Oh, I don't know. Maybe. I think he did. I think he wrote that as well. Yeah. Uh, let's see. The third installment of the Harry Potter spinoff Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them will hit theaters during Easter weekend next year, it mm-hmm. was reported, according to Deadline. Uh, the studio announced Wednesday that the Fantastic Beasts, The Secret of Dumbledore, uh, will premiere April 15th of 2020. It's, it's hmm. maybe about family. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> He's still standing He's still at the playing. podium. He's still playing. <laughs> Everybody's gone home. Hufflepuff. Hufflepuff. Uh, that is dark. Door. <laughs> Agrid. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they're gonna. That's gonna be coming out in April of uh, next year. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Uh, I thought the first one was okay. I liked it. But, um, yeah. The yeah, second yeah. one was a little bit more interesting, 
but I, it just hasn't caught with me. Uh, Marissa, did you? Okay, she's gesturing. What's up? I have a little bit of breaking news. Breaking okay. news. Well, hang on one right, second on. because I need to hit. Do we have a little, little bit of breaking news? Breaking news. Breaking news. All right, what's the breaking news? Um, I was just creeping on Chrissy Teigen's Instagram looking for a photo of these denim thongs. Do you guys know that Kristen Sujin, our old intern, works for her? No. Does um, anybody know who Kristen Sujin is? I don't remember who Kristen Sujin is. If I saw her. Not Gams. There was two redheaded red oh, yeah. oh. yes. yes. She's on her Instagram right now taking food photos. That was Chud. Chud. We had, we had Gams we, and she Chud. She was great. Yeah. Oh wow! Two she of the best with, interns. Well, she got Chrissy in that. Teigen? But she got in that industry. She got yeah. in that entertainment industry after she left us. Yeah. She was working with for. for uh, she was working yes. with Charlie Manuel's yes. uh, show. That's right. Yeah. Yep. She was on the Charlie yeah. Manuel show. She was living out in L.A. with Colleen Wolf. Yes. And uh, they're best friends out there, and I guess she's just in that world, and well, she's doing video and photography for her. Get tr- huh. contact her, and we should chat her up there. Yeah, Marissa. see how one of our interns is doing. Right. So she can praise us for setting her off on the right path. <laughs> yeah. All right, well, that's cool. This has been breaking news. Breaking news. Sort of breaking news. All right, so let's see what else I got here for you. Eddie Murphy signed a three-picture-and-first-look film deal with Amazon Studios. Uh, Variety reports that the comedian will star in three films for Amazon Studios and develop original film projects for Prime Video and the studio uh, with the potential to star in them. Wasn't Coming to America produced by Amazon? That is correct. Yeah. Uh, so he's got a three-deal uh, setup now, and uh, that means more good stuff from Eddie Murphy. Did you ever get around to seeing it? I did not. Okay. And I really, and I need to. I know, but but I just kind of heard lackluster reviews. It's and, fun. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't sully the original. Uh, it's not anything revolutionary, but it sits right in the pocket. It's good. All right. Maybe that'll be a weekend thing for me. Uh, Owen Wilson is set to host the October 2nd premiere of Saturday Night Live. Wow. Uh, (laughs) SNL has revealed uh, some of their co-hosts or their hosts coming up. Uh, So also announced Wednesday was uh, Kim Kardashian. Excuse me, Kim Kardashian. It's a first time for a Kardashian, right, on the show? Yeah, that I know yeah. of. Uh, Rami Malek and uh, Jason Sudeikis. Rami has done it before, yes? I believe so. Okay. I think you're correct. I thought he had. No case? I don't think so. I don't, uh-huh. right, well, I don't think so, uh-huh. He played Freddie Mercury, I know that. Uh, he did do yeah. that, yes. And he was the uh, the pharaoh in uh, the uh, Night at the Museum movie. And he's oh. also the villain in the new Bond movie. Ooh. Yes, he is. And he's good. Mr. Robot. Uh, Jason Zudekis also set to host some of the uh, remaining October episodes of season 47. One last little bit of information. Uh, let's see. Oh, uh, Dan Levy, co-creator of S's Creek, as we call it, uh, has snagged a deal with Netflix, and it's said to be worth eight figures. Wow. So, you mean numbers, right? Uh, yes, that yeah, is correct. Yeah. Numbers, not uh, <laughs> like... Uh, Parabola. Yeah, or, you know, and any shapes or... <laughs> Things like that. No, actual money. Okay. Uh, which, you know what? Eugene has got to be so proud of his son, man. Oh, my God, The yeah. fact that he's becoming such a success. They came out to present an award during the Emmys, and they were treated like royalty. I was no like, wow. 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 But every, they, they did. They got a standing ovation. and um, He had know. a goofy-looking outfit uh, at the... Uh, at the Emmys. There was one outfit that I, I thought um, there was a, uh, one of the guys from, from Hacks who's great on the show, but he was wearing an off-the-shoulder thing that just looked weird. Like yeah. it looked oh, the like, off-the-shoulder. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. I saw it just it. looks weird. Yeah. I guess you, 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 you have to make a decision. Am I going to be 
what look am I going to go right. for? Am I going to be weird and they're going to talk about it, or am I going to look stylish and fit right in? And be, right. You know, I don't think it's classy. satisfied either. You know who looked really good? Um, uh, Derek Hoff, who we had on yes. uh, last week. He kind of went with like a traditional slash not traditional tux, but he okay. looked, I mean, it was like classy, you know? Yeah. I'm like, that's said how no it, sad, bro. That's how everybody did it really? Oh, that's great. <laughs> Uh, per Variety, uh, Dan Levy will work on movies and TV with a rom-com he is set to star in, write and direct, uh, already in the works. So, a big score for him. Is he actually gay? Or... I said the actual name of the show. Oh. You guys didn't hear that. <laughs> I didn't even hear I it. Didn't no. yeah. Yeah. I've watched uh, Ship's Creek twice. Um, right. It's just a, a fantastic program. It's so good, beginning and end. They said it live during the... Uh, the, uh, we, the yeah, I mean, we literally coming. asked our lawyers, our company yeah. lawyers, whether or not we could say it, and they said no. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, whatever. You're going yeah. to fight the it's lawyers. It's spelled with a C. I know. Yeah. It's insane. All right. Uh, mystery Clips. Oh! Mystery Clips. Yes. No one has brought me the magic sheet. What happens right. is towards the end of the entertainment news, I usually somebody comes in, Marissa, and hands me a sheet with Voldemort. the with the. <laughs> Are you still playing <laughs> with the clips and uh, the little setup and and the description and who it is and all that stuff? So do you guys want the harder one first or yes. the easier one? Okay, let's do the harder one. All what right. do you think? Take a look at just quickly up with Connor. I guess security picture of Vin Diesel hosting Family Feud. Uh, so we're going to play a clip, and if somebody knows who it is, they raise their hand and they try to get the answer. It's a right. contest. So here we go. Here we go. First mystery clip. It's the harder one of the two. Casey says he's unlike any other character I've played before, right. and there's kind of nothing to get right with the character because the he's like a riddle. Really? I don't play one man. I play a series of men who, for a time in their life, inhabit the role of the emperor of the galaxy. Huh. Nick. Timothy Chalamet? No. No. He sounded at first a little bit like Jeff Daniels, but that went away very, very quickly. And it sort of moved a little into slight Seth Rogen. And then it ended up with Dame Judi Dench. And then Vin Diesel. Judy did. Uh, I have no idea. I don't even know who this person is, but uh, oh. Marissa do. Okay. Oh, Lee Pace. Marissa? Oh. Yes. Fa- Foundation is Apple TV's new science fiction uh. series about a collapsing galaxy and the action civilization must take to save it. That was Lee, pa- pla- Lee Pace explaining the specialty of playing the emperor of the galaxy. Yeah, he's in the Guardians. Yeah, who does... Oh, oh he's Ronin. He plays Ronin. Yeah. You recognize him. Uh, that is correct, yeah. And he's in, that's the main thing I know him from. But it, but of course, it, he talks like this right, when he's yeah. in uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. All right, let's do next. Mystery clip. Let's see if we can identify who this is, the easier of the two. All Here right. we go. I just felt really ready. I felt like I had done everything I could do. I had immortalized everything I could think of to immortalize. And I had lived the character in, in every way that you can. I realized it on stage and then got to fully bring him into like a human life on on screen, and so I just felt um, ready to go. God, mm. Mm. God, it's hard. see this one is uh, so this. Hard. this one. <laughs> oh my God, it's so hard. <laughs> Stage to screen. Yeah, this one moves my needle. I know why oh. it does because it's the, the, the your daughter loves the musical. Mm-hmm. And also what's his name? Ben. His name Ben. Yeah. Wait, you got it. It's what is ben, it? Ben. What's his last name? 
Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it? Uh, um, Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen, which is a movie. Oh, oh that guy. Yeah. from Broadway. It's yeah. tragic, but inspiring. Oh, yeah. He was also in Pitch Perfect. I like him. Yeah, Perfect. he's the guy who really wanted to be in the group in mm-hmm. the first Pitch Perfect movie, and finally at the end he gets to, he yeah. gets to realize his dream. I wonder how this uh, movie will... I hope it gets good reviews. It's because not... It's not, and, and that's unfortunate. It's not, and so I, I have a, uh, a screener of it. I'm uh, trying to set a date with my daughter to yeah. watch it. And last night was supposed to be the night. Hopefully, maybe tonight. Uh, but we are all huge fans of the. I musical. know you are. And she's a massive fan. Yeah, and so I want to go see it again on Broadway because Jordan Fisher's the new Evan Hansen. But I, I love Ben Play. I, I, you know, hey. Explain to me again what the the concept of All right, this so is. So the concept is 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 he suffers from social anxiety, right? He's very he's a socially awkward guy, and he su- suffers from social anxiety. And his therapist has him as a as an exercise write, write a, letter. a letter to himself every single morning, and it's just you know sort of yeah. like get him going. Right. So he writes himself a letter, and and he prints it out, and this kid uh, who's Kind of a loner or whatever, but, um, but more popular, right? No, okay, no. This kid who, who's a loner, not popular, uh, and he's kind of an outcast, uh, drug abuser or whatever. He ends up uh, get finding the letter on the printer at school, right. and he like steals it from him, and uh, and then he goes and commits suicide. Okay, and he's got this letter on him, and they that think says, that's that him. says "Dear Evan Hansen." Uh, so his parents think, "Oh my gosh, my 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 son did have a friend." You know, and so they pull Evan Hansen and like, please tell us about Connor Murphy. You know, Connor Murphy's the kid, right? Okay. And so he gets stuck in this. He, thing. He's yeah. stuck in this thing because he doesn't want to tell this the kid's parents. parents that he didn't have any friends, right? Right. And <sighs> so then it turns in this this then this whole movement happens because like he becomes this champion of the uh, of the school, right? And, but he's sort of living a lie, and he's right. living a complete right. lie. And he's, yeah. and I, mean, I got chills right now. With it's, that. it's basically wow. F nine. Yeah, yeah. It, no, uh, yeah. It's, it's about family. Not, yeah, it's about family. Dear Vin Diesel. <laughs> You are bold and you are very strong, dear Vin Diesel. Uh, my my, di- my Vin Diesel's morphing into Stallone. I got to keep him separate. Man. It is you, you got, do. You got to keep him separated. I love both of those characters, <laughs> but yes, to, if we learn you know, anything the from the Offspring, who's playing the MM barbecue yeah. on Saturday, by the way, you got to keep him separate. That's right. Yeah, that's more of the bubble throw. <laughs> uh, that's correct. Yes. Um. All right, and that's. Our entertainment reports ah. for this Thursday morning, September 23rd. <laughs> uh, we should take a break. Uh, we do have your opportunity to win money multiple times today. Uh, and it starts at 8 a.m. So we want to be on time for that for the MMR Money Clip. Stay there. And we have a lot of people on the show today. Steve Van Zant, M. Night Shyamalan, Dorothy, who's playing the MM Barbecue, all on our program today. We'll be back in a little bit. You've waited all summer. All right, you guys ready? And it's almost here. Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia presents MMRBQ. Saturday, September 25th at BB&T Pavilion. The all-day rock festival. It's going to be good, huh? Featuring Jane's Addiction, The Offspring, and Cheap Trick. We're going to be drinking. We're going to have a good time. Tickets to party on the lawn start at just 25 bucks, And get you general admission for the first five bands. Dirty Honey, Dorothy, Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen, Aaron Jones, and Foxtrot, and The Get Down. MMRBQ 2021. We're ready to rock! 
from 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Presented by Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia in the heart of South Philly. Game on. Uh, we got a bunch of people on the show today. We're going to talk to M. Night Shyamalan about an hour from now. We're going to have uh, Dorothy on from uh, the MMRBQ. She'll be popping on a little bit after 10. Stephen Van Zandt's got a book out. We're going to chat with him. But right now, I'd like to talk about this because I saw this article a couple of days ago. Uh, it was a new survey that was done. Uh, they asked 2,000 Americans about... Their dream job. Their and dream job. Are they doing their dream job? And I was surprised to see the number of people that say that they have their quote-unquote wow. dream job. Well, that's very encouraging. Totally. I would also wonder, um, when was this data called? Um, I don't know the date on this. Okay. It's, it's recent. Right. Uh, it was a uh, the one-poll survey for the genius of play. I wonder how, um, you know, prior to COVID, there was a very high employment rate. Uh, and now there's a lot of jobs up for grabs and a lot of enticements for people to go get uh, jobs and, and to uh, to do things and sort of experiment a little bit. It, it's sort of a job seekers market right now. I wonder if that will result in more people getting into things that they are really interested in. Well, and this loving. is this is the root of this is when you were a kid, what did, uh, what did you want to be when you grew up? I see. So you're the people your who went job. on to do it. The Literal dream, dream job. The yeah. dream job. Okay. So, oddly enough, 43% say that they are working their childhood dream job. That's a lot. And no, it's, and that's what I was surprised at. And that's great. I love hearing no, that. No, that means everything. That, yeah. that is advice that I know you got from your father, that I got from my father. Do what you love because you'll never work a day in your life. So, and then and just also, we don't work that too. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, 40, the, I'm in that 43%. This yeah. was my dream job. I had now, I have what I consider to be my pipe dream job, right? Rock star, right? Okay, uh-huh. and but. But you don't have to be a star baby to be in my show. No, no, of course not. But but radio DJ was my dream job. So it, there's a similar uh, situation for me. I wanted so for me it was television and film that was the drawer. And then when I got exposed, and I'd taken radio classes, but when I got into working within a radio station and doing comedy bits, recorded things like that, oh, I'm like, this is good. So I want to find out who's working their dream job yeah. and, and you know, how that happened for you. 215-263-WMMR. I, uh, when I went to my 10-year high school reunion, there was a guy that came up to me and he told me, he's like, I wanted to share this with you. He's like, you are the only, he said, we took a class together and I don't, it might've been, I did take an intro to radio and TV. My senior year was a BS right. throwaway class, you know, an elected mm-hmm. class. And um, he came up to me and he said, you are the only person I know that actually did what they said they wanted to do. Huh. I was like, really? Huh. I was like, wow, that's okay, cool. And, and I would just, like you to be my wife. It stood out to him. <laughs> no, that is that cool. Was, I thought that was a really nice compliment. Uh, that, you, I'm sorry, Case, just to no, jump no, in no, here, no. because, you, 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 you know, again, I would say to you, if you're going to work today and it's, it's a job that you're not that thrilled with, always leave open the option of exploring something right. that you are interested in because... Uh, it can only work in your favor if you do. By the way, the top uh, dream job in this yeah. uh, was doctor or nurse. Doctor uh, or yeah. nurse yeah. for dream that. So that's have- some people dream of being, you know, a doctor or a nurse. Uh. And, and it was followed up with a lawyer mm-hmm. uh, at um, 23%, actor at 23%, artist was another one, and teacher. So these are some of those things. You know, like, what is radio? I, mean, I, was, I was a kid, like, you yeah. know. 
astronaut. Yeah, I actually yeah. wanted to be in the Navy when I was a kid. Oh, really? I was fascinated with ships, and and, and it was from watching I can like see that. World War II movies sure, and yeah, things yeah. like that. So that was kind of a dream when, as a little kid. And right. then when I when I was you know like in in junior high and high school, radio caught my attention. I mean, if you talk to anybody I went to college with, they'll say, "Yeah, Casey's doing exactly what he should." Have been you know what what I foresaw, you know, and yeah. but it, it's pretty close to what I actually put down. In grade school, what do you want to be when you grow up? I'm pretty damn close. I used to write um, Goofy Sidekick, and I'm a radio producer. So Seriously? You used to write that? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> but it's jokes like that. Yeah. Oh, that, that, that. that makes him a goofy sidekick. <laughs> uh, so were you... I'm sorry, Nick, to jump in here just quickly. No, no, no. We need to cleanse the palate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're, um, so mine was always comedy-based. Like, I funny. always thought... That was better than yours. <laughs> yeah. You believed it, though! Well, it's it, it's not outlandish. Because <laughs> well, right. I'm like, it's, he is that dumb yeah, that he I, I would I want to be a Russian like ballerina would have been more bizarre. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. comedy, right? Yeah, but, com- but, but comedy was was the overall arching thing. So you, when did just entertainment in general, because that's what you're doing. You're in the entertainment industry. Right. When did that become everything's on the table as opposed to just being a rock star? Oh, uh, so, well, I mean, it was... In other words, we started to entertain broadcasting. Um, but... That's a good question. Uh, I, but being a DJ, and actually right, specifically right. what I am, outside of just the entertainment industry, uh, was a fascination of mine from fifth grade, I think, yeah. fourth, fourth, fifth grade. I remember I, I just go all the way back, yes. listening to the, the radio and going, wow, I, waking up every morning and turning on the radio going, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to be that. That would be so cool to be able to do that. Yeah. So it goes back that far for me. One of my best friends is a doctor, and I remember freshman or, or uh, sophomore year of college, he turned to me and he said he wanted to be, like, that was his dream job. And I was so impressed by that because I knew how much work it takes to to become that. And uh, it just, the work ethic involved. And so, I, you know, it, we're still great friends. Um, uh, we, we got together a few weeks back and he told me he's living his dream. And, you know, to like, to be able to, to have that concept in mind at 18 or 19 years old, know that med school is in front of you, yeah. that you have this enormous road of, of and everything. Do it. And then, and then at 45, 46 yeah. years old to look back and say that dream was fulfilled. I was, I was so proud of him and yeah. happy for him to be able to make it to this point. I've got a friend who, um, she in high school said she wanted to be a cop. She wanted to go and be a police officer. She was pretty. She was very girly. She yeah. Liked nice clothes and makeup and getting her hair done and all that kind of stuff. And we were all like, really? And she was like, yeah. And sure enough, she didn't do it right away. Um, but sure enough, she is a police officer and, yeah, just living out her, her dream. If, if you look at trajectories, you know, and interesting ones, my brother, my younger brother Tom was, was Preston all in on the rock stuff. He was there. Yeah. He was auditioning with bands. He went out to California, did the whole deal. Uh, he chased it. At, right. And Good. then they there were the, the, the riots at one point out there, you know, after Rodney King and he started, you know, he started to go down to a range just to learn how to protect his, his, his house and everything. He met some police officers and he's like, I think that's what I want to do. I mean, I mean, long hair, you know, yeah. guns and roses looking dude, mm-hmm. uh, c- complete shift. Well, I'm glad he at least tried it. You he know tried I mean? it. So, yes. so he, he went after it because otherwise it would be a life of regret. Right. You know what and I mean? You need to have that. Yes. You need to go for it. Yeah. But I mean, you know, however it plays out for you, um, you know, and it can be your your dream job could be a, a numbers cruncher. You know, in an accounting firm, that could be what you want. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's go to let's go to some calls. I have Sue. Uh, hi, Sue. Good morning. Good morning. Hi, Sue. We're talking about uh, a dream job. You working your dream job? 
I am. I am a teacher. Ah, noble profession. When did you? When did that first enter your mind that uh, that that's something that you would be a dream for you? I believe it was around when I was in second grade. I wanted to be a teacher. I loved my teacher, and I started torturing the neighborhood kids, <laughs> teaching them. Really? So you would just you would play teach the other people kids in your neighborhood? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Ah, that's cool. And so this stuck with you uh, your entire time through school leading up to, you know, making decisions about, uh, you know, college and, and, and post-high school? Yes, all the time and never really changed my mind. Good for and you. got into teaching and always wanted to be it. So, that's... Uh, that, that is it, and here I am 28 years later still doing it. That's great, and that is a rare thing. Or, or maybe I'm wrong. I, I didn't think this many people, present percentage-wise, yeah. would have their dream job. Huh? But I I always thought it was, at least from the people that I've known throughout my life, that I always knew what I wanted to do and then in, and then followed through. It's hard for a lot of people to to know one of the one of the most difficult things that I've seen friends go through it is when they're in high school and they're trying to pick a a, a major oh, like what am I going to do what am I interested in what do I like and and sometimes they I think you don't beat yourself up oh don't L- live 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 life find out it's going to be a Whitman sampler of things and there's way right? too much pressure to right. find that stuff out early on in life and like you know. You'll you'll figure it out eventually, yeah. but if you don't know it at eighteen, nineteen, whatever age, like that's okay. Yeah, you can kill yourself with stress. I, to be honest, the, the radio job dream, yeah. I didn't think it was a realistic dream. Okay, I didn't think Rockstar was a realistic dream either. I just wanted to try it, you know, at least. Well, but I, the radio thing, I didn't think was. Uh, did you know that there was work involved in? I mean, like no, actual jobs behind besides being a radio DJ at, at uh, radio stations. I am feeling good, <laughs> and I hope you are too. Uh, no, I didn't. No, I didn't know that there were production departments and promotions departments and sales and engineering no, and all I that kind of stuff. Of yeah, you know yeah. what happens sometimes? It is a quick peek at at what you you know you'll see it in a movie, Preston. You'll see. Johnny Fever on WKRP or yeah. whatever, and you say, yeah. that looks fun. Or, yeah. or or you see a behind-the-scenes of the making of a movie, or you see something that, you know, and it's not, uh, we're, uh, of course, we're referencing, you know, our, our side of the industry here, but whatever you, you do, whether it's a, a stockbroker or, or any of that stuff, we say, wow, that looks interesting. Uh, let me go to Brent. We're talking about living your job, your dream job. Hey, uh, Brent, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good, Brent. So do you have your dream job? I have a dream job. After the last 35 years, I've been a professional auctioneer. A professional what? auctioneer. And when did that become something that you were fascinated with? How old were you? I started when I was 13 working for an auctioneer, and uh, that became my passion. And after high school, I pursued going to auctioneer school and then got uh, hired by the company I'm with today. You what? know what? A niche little... But yeah, that's right? it, job. If you can do that. Yeah, uh, I've heard it said. You know, a lot of times teachers will say to to uh, uh, students, "You got to study, or else you'll be." You know, if you unless you want to end up as a garbage man, and and, and then like they, they were they were talking to some guy who works in sanitation, and he says, "Do you know how much money I make yeah. <laughs> doing what I'm doing?" Right. You know, yeah. so it's it's all it's all, and he, he was enjoying it. So to be an auctioneer, um, yeah, I mean. You're probably not competing with a large group of people who do it really well, so mm-hmm. that's going to raise your stock. But did you guys know that there was an auctioneer school? Like, what is that like? Yeah, I, I had a friend who actually really? uh, did that as well. But, yeah, Brent, tell us about that, Brent. 
Well, in every state is different. Uh, Pennsylvania has a, a little bit more requirements than, than some states uh, because there's such a diverse uh, amount of things we can sell. We sell art, antiques, real estate, automobiles, jewelry. Um, there's, there's, there's not much we, we don't sell in the state so of Pennsylvania at auction. Am, am I correct in assuming? Because I would just think you would be there would be a, a, just an overall auctioneer um capability which is you can go in for somebody and say sell this art or whatever and they give you the information you're saying that uh, some states require that the auctioneer be well versed in what they're selling you're you're licensed and bonded it's it's more about you're handling the asset i got you okay because automatically, when we think auctioneer, we think about the the cadence. We think about yeah, your yeah. You know, county fair uh, yeah, yeah. and and the the speech. What what is that called? The the the, the rambling real fast the, the talk. Chant. What the chant? The, the chant. chant. Okay, so that's what I immediately think of. But yeah. it's obviously it's about the it's the business of selling these. More things. like a Sotheby's, right? Like that sort of thing. Would that be correct, Brent? Well, they're they're, they're less of a chant, less of a cadence, right? Could you sell Casey off our show? Oh, wow. Wow. That might be a little difficult to get a bid. Oh, oh my wow. God. Wow. What did Casey do to <laughs> All I did is wake up and come to work this morning. I love you. Relax. And try to make a couple of jokes. But I, you know, you want to do trying to get your gun, dude. Spread some sunshine, Casey, and <laughs> then this dark cloud comes in. <laughs> it's so bad. He's getting so mad. I'm Jesus. not mad. I, hang on a second. Okay. My feelings are hurt. There's a difference. Oh, there you go. I, uh, th- there's there's mad, and then there's sad. Namaste. And Kathy, you and you Brent want me to give joined you a up, and, and you guys have taken completely taken the wind out of my sails. There's no anger here. Okay. I just want to crawl into a hole and drink a bottle of poison. So, <laughs> thanks so for get, that, guys. So get to work, Brent. Uh, wow. Wow. Uh, Brent, so do you do that that chanting stuff? I do. In 2007, I was the state champion. What? And last year, I was inducted into right. the Auctioneer Hall of Fame for Pennsylvania. Oh, that's right, well, awesome. can, wow. We're going to have to ask. Yeah, I don't there's... know if, if you can read something or auction something right in front of us, but can you can you uh, do something for us? Can you give us a little, a little bit of your style? Oh, sure. Yeah. How about a hundred dollar bid? Hundred dollar now quarter. Hundred dollar bid twenty five and fifty now seventy five and two now two and two and a quarter and a quarter and a half two fifty now seventy five. Two seventy-five bid to three hundred. Three hundred dollar bid in a quarter, and I sold it. There it is. Awesome. I, I like that. That's that's cool. uh, that's an interesting little melody yeah. you have there, and and it wasn't too fast. Some of those guys, if you ever Super see, uh, like uh, especially like livestock auctions, oh, forget it. I have no idea what language they're speaking. I I, w- I would spend. I'd go to one of those things, and I'd spend a quarter of a million dollars on a piece of veal. I, I like. I, yeah. I I wouldn't know. I can't keep up. With the bidding and the responses, those yeah. are too fast. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, Brent. And yeah, we're looking at 2020. Brent Souter, that's your name, right? Yes, that's correct. That is. Uh, we're looking at the Hall of Fame, a Hall of Fellow Hall of yes. Fame. Yes. <laughs> wow. All right, Brent. Congratulations on having your dream job, man. Thank you, sir. All right, we'll that see is you. cool. There All was right. an auctioneer that used to sit courtside at the Sixers games, and everybody knew him. He had season tickets. He was there every game. He was such a nice guy. And you, you wouldn't know that that's what he did. Right. He did a lot of the charity events. And, uh, you know, he was kind of, he was very showy. He would he would show up in a crazy um, suit, and right, he would right, do right. The, the auctions for the charity events. But, I mean, he, he did the super, super fast talk. So it would right. be lucrative. Yeah. yeah. All right, so we're talking about the fact that this, uh, this poll asked uh, 2,000 Americans uh, who 
has found and is doing their dream job. 43% of the respondents said that they have their dream job, like from a kid. To me, that's good news. I love it. Uh, so we're taking calls on this. I'm going to go to John next. Hey, John, good morning. Good morning. What's up, John? How you doing, brother? Good, man. So what did we, as a kid, what did you want to do? Truck driver. Ever since I saw BJ and the Bear. <laughs> Dude, yeah, BJ and the Bear. I Yes, I can understand yeah. that because that looked like a cool sort of life. You know, being out on the road, man. Yeah. And, you, and, and you love it, John? I love it. Yeah. I love it. And, and, and I drive locally now. I can't. I have two huge dogs at home, so my <laughs> wife would kill me if I went over the road. I'm doing a two big ass dog. <laughs> did you? Did you used to drive uh, uh, nationally all over the place? Yeah, I did that for about three months. And when uh, I came home with another wife, another puppy, my wife said, "If you leave me, I'll kill you." <laughs> wow. Well, let me ask you: at, at any point, did you own your own rig? No, no, right. sir. No. All right, no, no, but still, that's what's, cool. What's so yeah. great about your about your job, John? What do you love about it? I, I love driving. He's yeah, I, I can see I that. Drive. Yeah, getting no, to see. Did you? Did you? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm just saying. Did you get to drive? You know, we we were long haul at any point. No, well, I did like Alabama, okay, uh, Massachusetts, Connecticut, Ohio, uh, Texas. Yeah, man. All over. I love the roads. The, the things you see, the sights you see. It's beautiful, man. It's I, that makes complete you. sense to me. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's excellent, man. Well, uh, yeah. c- congrats. I love hearing that people Thanks. are love Thanks. what they do. There, there was a monkey yeah. on BJ and the Bear. Yeah, too, right? yeah. that was the best. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to be able to take my 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 uh, two year old dog, but he's such a retard. I, 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 I drive <laughs> okay. <back my> <laughs> Thank you, John. Uh, I want to go to Steve C. It says here, "Hi, Steve. Good morning." Good you morning. Good, Good you morning, morning, sir. Good morning, it. Uh, hey, so you you have a you currently work your dream job. Tell us about that. Uh, yep, I'm a uh, physician uh, at the University of Pennsylvania. Oh. and um, wanted to be a doctor ever since I was probably about three or four years old. My dad was a doctor too, and uh, ended up getting to do it after doing another job for about ten years first and. Decided one day, what do I really want to do? And I knew what that was. And I asked myself, well, what's keeping you from trying? And I couldn't come up with a reason for that. And uh, so I went back to school, and here I am. You know, okay, you know the, the, uh, Dr. Mike um, was and, and, and is a trumpet player, and I, I, I assumed at some point he was entertaining the notion of doing that for a living. They were, you know, he's part of a, of a band that would play weddings and things of that nature, and then decided later on to get involved in medicine, and he, he loves it as well, Steve. So kind of the same trajectory. Yeah, it's um, it's it's a wonderful life, but you have you have to love doing it. And, yeah, you know, that's um, you know because the hours are long. But I can honestly say I don't go to work a day in my life. So oh, that's great, you. Steve. What age did you decide that? Did you change your mind? Uh, I guess I was about thirty-two. Wow! And then you went back to med school. Well, went back, took uh, night classes to complete all the prerequisite science courses, mm. and. Um, and uh, it's amazing how much better your grades are when it's actually you're paying for it. That's <laughs> yeah. true, yeah, yeah. Yeah, when you actually are interested in it, too, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, so I went back and did all that and then applied. And, you know, I figured, well, if I get in, great. If I don't, I already got a good job. And, well, uh, good for you. 
Okay. So here I am. All right. <laughs> all right. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it, Steve. Congratulations. Thanks, I thought there would be a little response on that. Um, you know what? And and so here, here's a little tale for you if you're listening. And what we do is interesting uh, to you. Um, it's not something that you can do like he did, wait till later on in life and then go, you know what? I think I'd like to try radio. Right. It's unfortunately, it's one of these things where you got to get in it early. Yeah. Unless... Uh, you can work for no pay for a long time well, uh, because internships are the way you get into our business, and you need to do it when you're a student. You're exactly right. However, in the world of broadcasting, uh, podcasting and things of those nature, uh, things of that nature, I should say, they do provide a, an option and opportunity. But for what we do, yeah. it, it, it's it's a you got to get in a little bit earlier. I kind of look at, at podcasting as kind of playing what we do right. unless all of a sudden you're, you're, it becomes incredibly right. successful because – Listen, if, if you're doing podcasting, you're not going to get benefits. You're not yeah. going to get all these different things. You're not going to get security of, of, of payment unless all of a sudden you're one of the rare ones. That, like a Rogan. That all of a sudden explodes and, yeah. yes, I can make a career out of this. Uh, it's more of uh, – that's the way I see it anyway. Yeah. But radio, if you can get with a company and you get a full-time job and you get benefits and things like that, you know, yeah. it's, it's a little more feasible to make a career out of it. I know you guys know my story and, you know, how mm-hmm. I contacted you and and all that kind of stuff. But I don't think I told you what preceded that. Um, so I always wanted to be in TV. That that uh-huh. was what I went to school for. I started in high school and that was my dream job and that's what I was going for. And I used to drive every single morning on 95 from Bucks County into uh, Center City to for my job. And I, would, I think I had to leave an hour and a half before um, because I would sit through traffic. I was driving in rush hour. I had to pay for parking. If you didn't get there... At a certain time, you'd then have to park at the meter. You'd have to run in and out. Now, that's a city job. It's not yeah, necessarily yeah. a TV job. But that was during that commute, <laughs> I would listen to Howard Stern. Right. And I'm like, you know what? I wonder if, like, if radio would be better. I don't have to get up and do my makeup and make sure I'm, <laughs> I'm dressed and wear heels. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, that would be a really cool job. And my friend at uh, Channel 10 was the one that said, hey, Preston and Steve are talking about you. And I'm like, who are they? (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, the radio guys. What do you mean, who are they? You don't know who they are? Because I had listened to Stern the whole time. So then I turned you guys on, started listening to you, and I was like, whoa, they're way better. Uh, Uh, (laughs) And that's when I sent, sent my resume. But I mean, driving in that traffic, I was thinking... I could do, like, radio seems cool. Like, that that's the entertainment industry. It's not exactly what I was going for. But I'm right. like, i this that seems like that a one, really, they seem like yeah. they have fun. And, and also, I was like, they you, you get to know their personalities. It was much different right. than TV and news. Nice. Yeah. No, agreed. Uh, I will go to, we're talking about uh, getting your dream job. I'm going to go to Janet. Hi, Janet. Good morning. Hi. Hey, Janet. So, Gadzooks to you. So, you you have your dream job. You wouldn't be calling in if you didn't. Uh, tell no, us. I'm from one client to another. I'm a pet sitter. A pet sitter. And when did that become a dream of yours? Well, um, I grew up, uh, my, my dad's wife had ranches, so I grew up around animals and horses and llamas and all kinds of fun stuff. Oh, my. Llamas. Yeah, alpacas, goats, you know, and lots of dogs and cats. So um, I kind of retired from uh, corporate America a couple of years ago and this job fell into my lap, and I am just thrilled. It's so much fun. You know what? Also, for on the consumer side, finding a reliable pet sitter means everything. So, uh, right. are you are you booked up? Well, oh, Lord. <laughs> it's great. Well, you know, during COVID, it wasn't uh, right. 
<laughs> great, but now everybody's free to go and everybody's going. So, uh, yes, I'm very booked up. All right, because nice. I need someone to sit my alpaca. So she had a second <laughs> career being her. Yeah, no, that's Thank great. you, Janet. We appreciate that. Uh, I wanted to also get a couple more calls because we don't have much time, but this one sounds really interesting. I'm going to go to Jessica. Hi there, Jessica. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. So what's your dream job? I am a professional ballet dancer. Aha! Wow. Ballet. And who do you dance for? Um, well, currently I um, have sort of switched dream jobs. So my entire career I worked for an international touring company based out of Philly. And got to see the world and dance and do what I love to do. Um, and then as I got older, I'm close to 40 now, I my dream job shifted. And now I am a, a dance movement therapist. So oh. I provide therapy and counseling using dance and movement as a medium for expression and healing. That's awesome. Question, Jessica. Did your dream job turn to be out as fulfilling as you hoped it would be? Absolutely every single minute of it. Wow. Huh. Jessica, what age did you start ballet? Uh, probably when I was four, you know, like all little girls start dancing. And yeah, that's when I started. I didn't do anything else, and it was incredibly hard and difficult to get your foot in the door, yeah. but I was so fortunate to be able to actually make a living doing what I love to do and, and getting to see the world at the same time. Wow. Yeah. That's really cool, man. I mean, because that's... That's a that's a that's a stereotypical little girl. I want to be a ballet dancer. Yeah, I want to be. I want to exactly. be a ballerina. I want to exactly. be an exotic dancer. <laughs> <laughs> so you either do the Nutcracker Suite or the Busta Nut Suite. Right, one of the two. Yeah. Uh, well, that's great, Jessica. I'm, Thank you. Congratulations. That's Thanks cool. for calling. Yeah, we appreciate that's it. a lot of work, man. Ballet. Uh, and and the whole you know go, I, I keep coming back to to us because we were fortunate that we were in this category, but. The and I had asked her, is it as, as satisfying as you hoped it would be? And like our job is to me. I mean, other yeah. than the getting up early thing, it, and but I've worked all up and through the, the the clock on the radio throughout my career. But I just I love it. I, it it's as fulfilling and and on some levels even more so than I thought it would be. That, that's why the the need is strong to encourage people and you know when people come for for career advice to to consider those things. And it's not. Really do what you love. And you're hearing a broad a variety of things that really rock people's uh, worlds, you know. So yeah. con- consider something. And it's not go for that thing that catches your fancy because you're going to – chances are you're going to do it and do it well because you love it. And subsequently, the pay will probably follow. I'm going to mention – because we have to take a break uh, for the uh, the money clips. But I'm going to mention uh, a few of the people that are on hold we didn't get a chance to get to. Uh, get to. Otto works for an auto manufacturer. That's his dream man. job. Uh, Chris is in psychotherapy uh, ever since he was a teen. Always one, wanted to, uh, people would come to him for, for advice. advice. He's got to do this. Lorraine always wanted to help kids. Now she helps athletes get into college. Uh, Paul, uh, friend watched Top Gun, wanted to be a fighter pilot, and now teaches pilots. Cool. Uh, Christian is in law enforcement uh, and just got out of the military, wanted to do both. Brian is retired from military, now runs heavy equipment at a coal mine, which is his second dream job. The military was his first dream job. Wow. Uh, Carl is a union supervisor for electricians, and uh, it, it was his uh, fascination since he was a kid. So That's awesome. There are a lot of people working their dream jobs, and if if you aren't, then maybe you can, because we have heard a few calls of people who, who, who pivoted. Pivot, uh, and you can uh, and maybe make that move. Uh, so I think that's really encouraging, like you said, Steve. Uh, to uh, to hear the people who are working there. And Casey jotted this down. Chuck D'Amico 
All he wanted to ever do? Work for WMMR. Yeah. Lives his dream job, which is now a nightmare for him. (laughs) But he works his dream job as a kid. So uh, that's cool. That's encouraging. And I was was happy to to see these results. 43% of the people working say that they are actually doing their dream job that they thought of a kid. Here's what I, as a kid, here's what I'd like to do. So uh, thank you for sharing. We appreciate it. We got to take a break because we got a bunch of things. Bizarre File and Money Clips are coming up next and then a whole rundown of guests after that. We'll be right back. If you like what you hear, you can see it too. Check out Preston and Steve's Daily Rush on Xfinity On Demand. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre Final. All right, brought to you this morning by Club Risque, the Delaware Valley's premier gentleman's club, says show your MMRBQ 2021 ticket, no cover, and get a free drink at all locations. Wow. That is Philly, Bristol, and Northeast. Clubrisque.com for information. All righty. Got you some stories. Let's begin with uh, this messed up story uh, out of Michigan. I don't know what it is with Michigan. There's a lot of nutty people in Michigan. A man has been federally charged with leaving pipe bombs at cell phone stores and threatening letters at cell towers. Allegedly, the man carried out these acts as part of a moral campaign to end porn and cursing. So, is it working? But also to get a $5 million payday, too. Oh, law see, en- that makes it less noble. Law enforcement arrested 75-year-old John D. Allen later that same day. Allen had his initial appearance in district court where he's charged with extortion and attempted damage or destruction of a building used to interstate commerce and uh, to... Used in interstate commerce. He's facing two different 20-year sentences. Is, is the porn gone yet? Uh, the case against Allen began with a Charter Spectrum employee finding a letter inside a polka dot envelope near a telecommunications tower. The letter contained a threat and extortion demand at AT&T, Verizon, and other carri- carriers. The employee turned the letter over to police. More threatening letters were found in similar polka dot envelopes at towers. Uh, attached to fences with black zip ties. Mm-hmm. The letters each indicated that they were from the Coalition for Moral Telecommunication, or CMT. Uh, it's probably just him. And, and were addressed to AT&T, Verizon, and other carriers. In the letters, CMT claimed to be almost 30 strong and was prepared to travel throughout this country and begin destroying inner-city tower communication unless several demands were met. All Is- te- Here are the demands. All telecommunication containing immoral content must be stopped. Okay. The letter defined this immoral content as that which includes cursing, pornography, and all manner of indecent communication. That's a wide net. Uh, The demand had a time requirement of six months. Another demand was payment of $5 million, which had a time requirement within 180 days. The letters also stated that if any of the CMT's members were arrested, quote, your problems will begin and the price will go up 100 times. Uh, The group claimed in the letter its reach was in 27 states. On September 15th, a uh, post office box bearing black tape with a wire coming out of it was placed outside an AT&T store. By the way, isn't CMT country music television? It is, yes. (laughs) Uh, In Salt St. Marie, later that same day, a similar box was placed outside a Verizon store in Sheboygan. Both devices were examined by the FBI Laboratory Explosive Unit, which concluded they were improvised explosive devices. They were pipe bombs. Wow. The dude was not serious. Each of the devices consisted of a metal pipe nipple with two metal end caps, which provided containment for the low explosive powder main charge. 
Metal spears and nails were found within the powders of each device. Hardened objects such as these enhance the explosive effect, of course, and can do a ton of damage. Uh, CMT was written on both boxes, which also contained handcuffs. Both boxes also bore writing indicating that this was the, quote, last warning and that the next incident would be during business hours. Better morality through pipe bombs. Authorities developed Allen as a suspect from surveillance camera footage and further investigation. Uh, they executed a search warrant on his home. Uh, they shown shown surveillance camera images of the suspect to Allen's wife, and she said she was, quote, 95% sure that they were her husband. Well, good for her. Uh, she also told agents that Allen had recently made a trip to the Upper Peninsula and that they would find polka dot envelopes in their house. <laughs> Allen told the agents that he had penned three or four letters, signed them as the Coalition for Moral Telecommunication, and left them at cell towers. He also admitted to placing the two pipe bombs. Uh, and he told agents that uh, he bought the pipe bombs components about a year prior to various hardware stores, but he waited a year to build up the courage to place them. I like the one thing that ties it all together is the polka dots. Yeah. Yeah. So this psycho's been arrested, but he What's he look? He's looking at substantial time, right? 20-year sentences. So, yeah, he he was... He really planted pipe bombs. I mean, that's like Unabomber stuff. Yes! It's insane. That's what the Unabomber was doing. Wow. All right. On to something else. Uh, let's see. A Pennsylvania man was jailed after he was accused of underpaying for a bottle of Mountain Dew. Take that, Michigan. I mean, they put him in jail. Yeah. Uh, police said Joseph Sobolevsky uh, stopped at a convenience store in East Central Pennsylvania last month. The store had a promotion where two 20-ounce Mountain Dew bottles cost $3. He grabbed one bottle, put $2 on the counter of the store, and then he left. So he felt he was overpaying. Okay? Yes. He was leaving yeah. extra. But... A single bottle costs $2.29 plus tax, not the expected $1.50. So he actually didn't overpay, as he may have assumed. He underpaid. Police and store workers said that he underpaid by $0.29 plus tax for a total of $0.43. Store employees called police (laughs) who found Sobolevsky and charged him with a felony. He was sent to jail on a $50,000 cash-only bond facing up to seven years in prison. So it's basically shoplifting. I understand the governor called right as they were strapping him into the electric chair press. (laughs) Listen to this. He was being charged under the state's three strikes law for retail theft. Uh, He was convicted more than a decade ago for pumping gas without paying. And he was also arrested and sentenced for stealing shoes at a Kmart. The shoes cost $39. He paid $866 in fines and fees and was sentenced to three months in jail for a probation violation. He and his wife were arrested for putting craft supplies in their backpack at a Hobby Lobby. Uh, his bond in that case was $2,000, and he's applying for a state-run diversion program. Mm-hmm. But underpaying for the soda is Sobolevsky's fourth charge. Uh, so that's why... I'd say it's a tad bit extreme <laughs> that they're holding him for seven, or that he may go to jail for seven years, and, yeah. and they're holding him for $50,000 for a soda. But obviously, they're going to look into that. Well, with their long, sharp claws and frightening speed, few predators in Canada's wild hinterlands attack as mercilessly as a hungry grizzly bear. But in a rare turn of events, park officials say a mountain goat not only defended itself from becoming a meal, but was able to kill the attacking bear with its dagger-like horns. That's amazing. Isn't that wild? So how did it do that? So Parks Canada said the recent forensic uh, necropsy of a female grizzly bear suggests she was killed by a goat after the horns pierced the bear's armpits and neck. Wow. Um, According to a specialist, when grizzly bears attack, they tend to focus on the head, the back of the neck, 
And the shoulders of the prey, and this attack usually comes from above. The defensive response of a mountain goat would be to protect itself using its sharp horns. The remains of the bear, who weighed about 154 pounds, fairly small, yeah. uh, and isn't believed to have had any cubs, was discovered by a hiker. The carcass was airlifted out the late, uh, later that day over worries it could attract other predators. Uh, mountain goats, whose thick white coats give them the appearance of ghostly apparitions, high in the mountains, can weigh as much as 125 kilograms, and their back horns... Uh, their black horns can reach lengths of nearly a foot long. I could see, all right, slamming this back as it's as the bear is attacking it in that manner. Yeah. Yeah. I it could one, be lethal. I encountered one in uh, Glacier National Park one time, a mountain goat, and uh, they just advise you to, like when you encounter a bear, slowly back away. Because yeah. they, can, they can charge. They can obviously kill. Yeah. So th- this particular goat might have gotten a little bit lucky and landed a fatal blow. It was a horns, smaller so. bear, so yeah. it's a, a confluence of events, but still that's pretty impressive. Yep. All right, and that's your B file. You got a little less than three minutes uh-huh. uh, to enter the word bliss for our money clip and your chance to win $500. And you can text that to 45911 or enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. So, again, the word is bliss, B L I S S. We're going to take a break when we come back. Mr. M. Night Shyamalan. Hey. Stay with us. The Preston and Steve Small Business Love You Help You Line. Hi, my name is Chris. My wife and I are the small business owners of I Love Kickboxing in Exton and King of Prussia. I Love Kickboxing is boutique fitness specializing in a great cardio workout and is great for your physical and mental wellness. Perfect for anyone looking to get active again or for those looking to change up their current exercise routine. Both our studios are sanitized and waiting for you. Check us out on Facebook or Google at I Love Kickboxing Exton or King of Prussia. Remember, fitness is essential in keeping America healthy. Next message. This is Kristen with Simply Refined Market in Mount Laurel. My best friend Carla and I just started our online store in November. We sell expertly curated goods for home, wellness, beauty, and spirit. The majority of our items are made by local artisans and other small businesses. Use coupon code WMMR to order online at our site, simplyrefinedmarket.com, to get 10% off. Thank you. The Love You, Help You line. Shop local because small business needs our help. Find out more at PrestonAndSteve.com. 93.3 WMMR. Putting Philly first. Sponsored by DellAutoGroup.com, where Jack really does sell them for less. Our next guest is on to talk about a very cool event that's coming up in October. Uh, We've been to it. It is a great time. Dare I say Cheese's crust. Is it a great time? <laughs> yeah. It's a reference to servant for those. Uh, who know. Uh, he knows. It's Shamaween. Please welcome M. Night Shyamalan. Hey. This morning. hey, Night. How you doing, man? Good, good. I miss you guys. We miss you, man. Uh, how, has your, uh, your summer been enjoyable? It's been really great. Busy, busy, busy. You know, like the... Uh, the desk is covered. Here's the new the new movie. Uh-huh. Oh. Is that Labor of Love? I got to just whip this by real quick. This is the scripts for serving. Uh-huh. Everything's uh, all over here. They're editing upstairs. And it's uh, it's been a very busy summer. Well, Good one, though. And the release of old it was, it was, the, was the main thing. When is that going to be available um, for uh, streaming and uh, everything else? Blu-ray you know, purchase? They did a fairly traditional, we fought for it, a fairly traditional release in the theater. So it, I think it's coming out on Blu-ray soon and then and then in streaming and all that stuff and a little bit after that. So they were really gracious to give me the full window. Yeah, I think your mindset was in the right place. And things just, you know, they, they kind of 
a little bit still fluid, and uh, they had a big success with uh, the last this recent Marvel film. Uh, and yeah. people are showing that they are interested in going back. So um, that's got to be encouraging because I know you uh, believe, as do we, that theater experience is really critical. Oh yeah, no, it's until that's the art form that yeah. I do. Uh, the other other version of it where you watch it at home whenever in you know in a context that you know you can pause it and eat your taco and then your mom's calling you and your girlfriend <laughs> and the dog's on your lap and, you know all of that stuff that's a different that's a different kind of experience so for me this is what I do and and the specific part and we've guys you you all of us have talked about this before but the idea of you know 500 strangers uh, getting together and watching something together uh, it is the art form. It's a beautiful thing where we all come together and experience it together and get affected by each other. It's, there, it's a very different thing. There was a wonderful thing, not to keep referencing Marvel, because Lord knows they're hurting for cash and they don't have <laughs> yeah. But they did do something that did celebrate that. They released just a, a, a teaser trailer that showed uh, the crowd and audience, theater audience, reacting to a specific scene in Endgame. And you know when everybody's like, oh, my God, and, and you get that whole thing. It's just there's nothing that can com- compare to that. Yeah, it was it was a wild summer because I think, you know, obviously the pandemic uh, uh, it was there in a, in a very un- an unusual baseline. But then you also had the launch of all these, I mean, in, in reality, kind of a one-time moment where an entire new uh, platform was being released by these billion-dollar companies, trillion-dollar companies, and they were launching on at that on that summer and so you'll never get that confluence again of the launch of all those things so when you know our ads were going up you know you you know a, a lady in Iowa is seeing our ad our commercial on on a game or something and you see our our ad then you see an ad for Turner and Hooch and then you see an ad for this other thing and then Loki and then this she she doesn't know what's a movie what's a TV show right. what is on streaming, what is on both, what is only in the theaters. And so it kind of becomes very kind of noise out there. And that's what we found this summer. It was really difficult to to penetrate. And and then as uh, that mixed release started to become very obviously detrimental to the to the movies, meaning that no one went, it created this weird kind of apathy. When you can get it anywhere you actually don't make a decision to actually watch it, and you and you become passive. And, that, and that's interesting. I mean, that, really it, is, it, it is. It's listen. Um, we all we're all pop culture junkies, and you know this this art form and your art form. Uh, and uh, there have been so many things that, uh, like for example, so in our industry with podcasting and things of that nature, for all the years that podcasting has existed, no one really has a handle on, you know, how to do certain things or to make something a hit or to make it or to monetize it correctly or whatever. And so you have the similar case with all these things firing at once and you make an excellent point and everyone's head spinning. And then you have like Scarlett Johansson, you know, suing Marvel and like, well, wait a second, this was this and how many eyes are on this? And um, it's I I think you're right by nature. It's going to return to a more classic model with hybrid options because that's the only way it makes sense in the long run do you agree well i'm you know like i was totally you know i was surprised that scarlet was the only one yeah that 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 this summer um because uh, every single movie that was not not released in the theaters alone got hurt and then all of our contracts are based on performance in the the theaters so it's it's a it's a fascinating uh thing you know that that particular marvel movie i think will be the only 
non-profitable Marvel movie at the end of the day. Right. It, it was done for other reasons, you know, to, to get subscriptions for uh, a totally different platform, nothing to do with the movie or the movie theater. So it was a fascinating summer that happened, but it kind of already you've seen it recalibrating back. Um, our movie was theatrical only, uh, the, some of the other universal movies as well. And then Disney and everyone else started to go back to theatrical only by the end of the summer. And then you started to see all the grosses go back up again. Right. Back to where we used to. Um, so I'm sure we'll circle back to movies and your projects and servants yeah, and yeah. other things. But let's talk a little bit about Shamoween. It's back. <laughs> this is happening. It's one of the most, my favorite events to go to. And it's it's all back on track again, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy. You know, obviously we had to take take last year off and it's been two years and we're all super excited to uh, to get back together again in a safe way, and we're uh, thrilled. We have this amazing secret place that we're going to do it. As you you guys have been there, it's uh, uh, our the best party of the year. I mean, I'm, that's not an exaggeration, right, guys? You, you no. tell me. <laughs> the, the legend is is justified on this. It's so unique that I mean, number one, you know, it's not just a costume party of sorts, but there's there are a variety of entertainment elements that are going on at this event. It's usually really dark and kind of mysterious. You don't know where it's going to be in the first place, which I think is a draw. I love the fact that it's a secret <laughs> location. And you never know who's going to be there. The food's fantastic. The music's great. We're doing shots with night. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's a great freaking time, man. You know, it's fantastic because, you know, even like celebrity friends that come, they'll they'll wear masks and you won't even know you're next to them, which is the best part. And I'm like, dude, you can take off that mask and over back behind the bar and, you know, breathe. And, you know, Jamie Kennedy. Jamie Kennedy wore his mask all night. We had no idea that we were hanging out. We were hanging out with him and he was, it was a Michael Myers mask, right? Yeah, and he was, through the straw. He was eating pretzels through the little <laughs> mouth hole in the, the mask. I love that. So yeah, I've had... I've had friends come and they don't, you guys don't even know they were there. They just come and they just wear their masks, their costumes, and they're there for like two hours, three hours, and then they bolt. And then I'm like, I'm like, they, they, all these people interacted with them and had no idea. It's pretty fun. The one year we went, I forget which location it was at, but the, the place literally kicked us out. They were like, you, everyone has to go, like at the end of the party, not the if the party was over, it was right. like, uh-huh. we have to close our doors. We cannot serve you any more alcohol. Everyone needs to go. Oh, that's a good sign. Yeah. When you're closing the place. Yeah. That's, that's always a good sign. So, uh. Uh, definitely, it's packed. It's usually like, and yeah, when the lights come back on, and you know, you know, how normally it is in a club, the lights come back on, and you're like, oh, everybody looks horrible. Well, this one, like everybody's makeup's running, <laughs> looks like a wig this way, that way. It's so fun. That's my, looks, those are my favorite photos. Looks like the morning after a bad date, right? Uh, yeah. but, uh, but the great thing is that it's a, it's an incredible party, but it is for an incredible cause. So why don't you explain the beneficiary of uh, of this event? Well, the M. Night Shyamalan Foundation, uh, all, the, all the proceeds go to, to that. And we've raised so much money. When you guys come to this event, you're supporting our foundation, which what we do is we support leaders around the world. So essentially, we, we go and we find leaders in, anywhere in the world, in Philadelphia, all around the world, and uh, we vet them and support them. And if we find that they have... I'll get that. Uh, if somebody's got a call. <laughs> <laughs> That's Samuel L. Jackson? Blinding Edge Productions. Sam, I'll call you back. Also, Nick Fury. Well, you, you were saying, uh, let me, allow me to, uh, while you handle that, 
Uh, I think now, Knight, more than ever, and, and we have been strong supporters of what you do because putting this money in the hands of the people who are on the ground handling the issue makes, and we're seeing, listen, There's it's been a tough year, but you, a lot of times you see people who are remote from a predicament trying to handle it and don't really have an understanding and it goes awry. When you have people who are plugged in, who are really tangential to the issue at hand, that makes all the difference in the world and the success rate of what you are um, bringing this money to and the people who are uh, endeavoring to change people's lives for the good through your foundation, the evidence is there. It's a proven, workable way to do this. So you've got to be very encouraged about how things are going. Yeah, I mean, you're referencing a very interesting dynamic that we kind of discovered as we got into philanthropy. Um, You know, this idea of kind of uh, coming in and, and it's from 3,000 feet, making it, trying to make a difference and giving money sometimes backfires on you. You end up kind of bringing your uh, norms, your mores to the table into cultures and situations which you, you don't understand. Mm. And you think you're doing, you coming with all the right intentions and you give this money yeah. and you do it in this way and it actually causes more problems than, than helping. And what we found has worked over, you know, trial and error over the over all these years, we found that finding leaders within the community uh, that have moved the needle uh, for justice and, and to help their communities and have made discernible difference in those communities, we vet those those individuals and then we ask them what do they need and we give them the money and we don't we don't prescribe. And what we found is by going through that movement of an embedded leader in those cultures. You have enormous impact in the community, a massive return on your philanthropic investment. And so we it's, it's kind of, you know, it's my philosophy as a human being, believing in the agency of people, whether it's an inner city child and what they're what they're capable of or a leader in you, you name it in Syria or in, in South America or in Philadelphia's school system. I, I believe in their ability to change the entire system. I, I believe all of us have that ability. And so we're basically following that philosophy by you know, supporting them. And we have found just incredible returns, just incredible returns on our money um, that will change generations forever. Um, so your money, when you come to Shamuin and support our foundation, has this amplified effect because of that. So uh, it's, it's an amazing cause. We can tell, you know, you can look up all the leaders that we support and uh, we keep finding them around the world. They're about to go on another trip around the world to go find more leaders for next year. Uh, and you and Bobna do this. You guys uh, handpick this. Uh, how many... Do you narrow it down to a certain number each year of, of how many people you're going to be able to help? Because there's only, you know, you don't want to spread it out too much. You want to make sure they have an impact with the, the contributions. That, that's true. You know, what they do, I, I, I'm, I'm going to say without without being modest that I am not the, I, what ends up happening is Bosna goes, goes and does all <laughs> the hard work. And she goes out around the world with Michelle, our head now. And they go, for example, they're going to go now. They're going to go to different countries now and vet. And it's hard. You go to different villages. You go to programs. You're seeing very, very difficult things. And you're everyone's doing good, but you're assessing who has this kind of uh, ability to actually change their environment, this combination of these ineffable things about them that make them able to, in, in impossible situations, do incredible work. And so they vet that. Then they bring it back. And then we do a kind of a presentation, essentially, where they tell me, this individual is doing this. He's buying school buses for this thing and, and changing the community. These are, this is the data of how much they've changed so far. She would like this so that she can do X. 
And then we make our decisions for each of those leaders here. So I'm part of the, the process of evaluating. I'll ask the million of questions and say, what does she plan to do this? How does she do this? Where, where did she start? What was her training? Blah, blah, blah. How does she have her infrastructure? And we make those decisions. And it's been very, very effective. We've met, I mean, the most incredible people in the world. And you guys will meet them when you come to Shamuween. Um, these are, uh, you know, I would describe them as angels that live on this planet. Um, yes. That, uh, just amazing individuals. Well, the, the truth is, you know, a bureaucracy, um, you know, a lot of times the people involved in government, you know, uh, it's been described as a self-licking ice cream cone and it, it like stuff just stalls and doesn't seem to get done. And then you put it in the hands of someone who's passionately saying, if I could just get some resources, I could make a change. And again, meeting the people that you're, you're speaking about. You know they're they're motivated for such pure reasons, and you know they they haven't they haven't become part of the of the cynical mechanism, and that's where the change occurs. So I think it's it's so it's so great what you're doing, and then of course you can do shots if you go to the event. So it's yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Knight, I wanted to ask you. You know, it's funny. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, do we? I think oh. we. I think we lost. Uh, there, no, we there he is. Go ahead. Right, sorry. Back. Is he there? Yes, hello, hello. All right, there we go. Still there. Okay. Uh, so you were about to say something. Casey interrupted. He was going to let you continue. Yeah, it's funny you made that juxtaposition, which is, um, you know, it, it seems that they don't go together, this yeah. idea of like, tequila and philanthropy. <laughs> but, <laughs> I bet they, they go together yeah. quite nicely. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the idea was like, you know, Bob and I and uh, our family and our cousins, we just, we didn't fit into kind of the, kind of the, that kind of stiff, we're going to have a dinner and, and it's going to be, you know, formal and we're going to raise money for for our work that way. That's just not who we are. We're much more, you know, uh, having fun and dancing and, and uh, you know, much more family oriented and, and, you know, have a great time. So we're really good at throwing parties. We're really good at it. And so we're like, hey, let's take these two things we're really good at and combine them. Really good at finding leaders from around the world. We're really good at throwing parties. So uh, we, we had the intention of like messing up the kind of philanthropic band in, in Philadelphia and just say, hey, you know, we're, we're going to throw the best party of the year and that's going to raise a ton of money for these incredible leaders. Yeah, you know, we always, um, you know, help put together, um, you know, fundraisers for our school. And, you know, my philosophy is if we're having people come out and donate their money, I want them to get something in return. So if you're going to give them a, a fun night out as a result of their contributions, like that's, you know, it's a win-win for everybody. So so I, I totally understand that. I wanted to pivot and, and ask you about, uh, so obviously movies, uh, your venture into streaming platform TV. Have you ever considered uh, getting into stage production, uh, writing a play? Uh, because there, I don't think there are many thrillers out there that are done on the stage and i thought you know um you know like i think of the movie saw right saw it was originally a musical no, no, no. could be a play <laughs> i think because the way saw is set uh, you know most of it is is one little set and like that would actually be a really good play and i wasn't sure if if that sort you know well that's a good if, point if, if that's a challenge for you you know or something you ever thought about doing no, I, it's actually something that's been on my mind a ton. Broadway, a bunch of Broadway producers have come to ask me to do kind of, you know, an Agatha Christie type of play. Um, I have I have a notebook where I wrote, started writing ideas for Broadway. Um, hmm. It would be, it, it's, a, it's a different muscle. I yeah. have to do it kind of essentially through dialogue only. 
um, mainly, mainly dialogue only. Um, and I, I love that, that challenge. I, I definitely want to do it. It requires me stopping, you know, this for six months to sit down and write this play. Um, but it's, it's been on my mind a lot. I, I love, I love the theater. I hire mainly theater trained actors for my movies because of the way I shoot long takes. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't do a lot of coverage, which is different angles. I do, you know, one, a lot of oneers, a lot yeah. of one shots require theater training. Um, and so I, for me, it's, the, <clears throat> it's a very beautiful art form. In fact, in terms of acting, I think it's the highest form of, of acting, actually, I think it goes, you know, theaters and then and then movies. I think it's a, a great idea. A lot of people, you know, dial in for murder was a stage uh, was a stage play. Um, the Audrey Hepburn film, Wait Until, I think it was, yeah, yeah. I wish she, all those were, were done as stage plays, and, and they but they build the tension. I think that would be well within your wheelhouse. Again, talking about your cinematic style. Um, that would that would do it. Of course, you, as you said, you just have to seize up things for half a year while you you know put that together. So. I like the idea. Of saw the musical though. <laughs> now you'll have to cut your arm off. The key is in your rectum. <laughs> so much potential. See, that's the kind of challenge I'm looking for. <laughs> well, we can write the music for you, yeah. and uh, you can take it from there. Uh, <laughs> I saw that you tweeted about it. I know we've talked about it before. Um, but you were on Norm MacDonald has a show and, and it's just that the episode where you were on, uh, and I know that David Spade felt the same way. Like you do, you weren't even sure you were on a TV program <laughs> at that point. Um, but Norm was such a transcendent and, and interesting and unique talent. And I'm just curious as to what your thought process was like when you went on to that show. And, and if you, um, if there were any stories from that show itself that you haven't shared with the, with the public before. Oh, well, you know, he was, he was so nice to me. He really was. I got there. It was one of those things, you know, you kind of, you do it on a press tour and they say, oh, you're going to be on this talk show. And normally you know exactly what that means. You're on this, you know, on this talk show, you go to the Tonight Show and you do all this thing or you, or you do like The View or whatever. You, you get what it's going to be before you get there. So I got there and I was like, the Norm MacDonald show on Netflix, what, what, what is this going to be? And I was like, my publicist is like, don't worry, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be great. I get there and then Norm was like in the hallway and he's so funny. He just... He's so deadpan that you can't tell what's happening. And we were talking in the he he we were talking in the in the hallway, and then I couldn't get a sense of whether he hated me or <laughs> I, I, I couldn't get. I was like, I know he booked me on the show. I know I'm the main guest. I he must think I'm okay. Like yeah, in this conversation, I would have thought, no, this is <laughs> this guy hates we me. Go the, we go on the show and we start doing the show, and it's so loose there's no structure of any kind you can't even tell whether we started or what's going on <laughs> real and my publicist is on the corner and i keep shooting these looks like i'm going to kill you you know you're fired so <laughs> you keep walking right now and and, we're, and yet something beautiful started to emerge from all of this unstructured kind of in, insanity like there was like a 20 minute take thing on his watch wasn't working he just kept on going on and on about his watch and i was laughing and i just let go in a way and that's the genius he's so that he stopped we stopped you know thinking and, right and, and just was just two guys goofing around as if we were at you know on a couch somewhere and goofing around and nonsensical and there was this beauty that came out of probably a truthfulness about me um, and what and, and when I left, it was a funny feeling. I felt like it was one of the most intimate interviews I'd ever had, which is so strange because it was it, it, during when it's happening. You really feel there's 
you're lost. You come just complete. I've never had that feeling before. That's yeah. great. And, and yeah. He's so off kilter in this wild way. He never lets you get into rhythm and, but so smart incredible. Like, like every subject I could mention, he knew everything about that subject. So just a true, true loss. Um, I'm a beautiful person and an incredible talent. I, I was very lucky to spend that day with him. Yeah. Um, I, we have a little bit of time left and I want to make sure we get to, uh, we're going to, you know, go back to details, by the way, at, uh, um, uh, for Shamaween, we'll post on uh, PrestonandSteve.com and how you can get tickets and VIP and all this other stuff. But I definitely wanted to ask about Servant uh, and yeah. when the next season is going to be coming out, what's shooting uh, like and, and all that, that encompasses that. Because I'm dying to know <laughs> what that last scene was all about. <laughs> what was it? And which in, in classic Shyamalan <laughs> form, you know, it's a big shroud of mystery that we yeah. can't wait to to uncover. Oh man! So, thank you so much for for following the show. We're so excited about it. We we tripled our audience in our in our second season, wow. and everybody's so excited. Um, uh, I'm almost almost done editing the third season. I have one just a tiny bit of touches to do, and then we'll put it. We're going to mix all the sound in. Uh, but I, I have to tell you, I'm, I want to say this with. I know I have no currency when I say this, but that. This third season is incredible, just okay. absolutely incredible. What we did philosophically when, when I started to do the show was something really different. I kind of approached it almost like a, a mini independent film studio. So I would see, I'll go see, a, I'll, I'll go see a movie or I'll watch a movie from a film festival in, in, in you know, Zurich. And, and it'll, I'll, I'll find a film and I'll say, can you come here to Philadelphia? I'm going to hire you. I'm going to get you a work visa. Can you come and direct an episode mm. of Servant for me? And these people have almost never done anything like this. Or I'll even see a short film from someone. And I'll, I'll, ta- I'll talk to them and I'll Zoom with them and from another country or from some, here in the United States. And I'll say, you know, I'm going to give you a shot. Come, come in. And this is essentially me curating and saying, I just believe in you. Come, come to Philadelphia and, and direct this. So when you see our show, you're, you're really seeing uh, specific voices. And I think the third season is the biggest form of that, where you're going to see 10 episodes and you'll know, unlike television, when you watch it generally, this was a specific person that came here and had a very different voice than the previous director. So, you know, I directed the first episode and then each episode, as you see, you'll see these incredible filmmakers. It's, and we did it with, you know, film level standards for us, and and so I, I hope the audience is uh, appreciate and can and 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 can enjoy it. I, I said to Apple, I'd love to do uh, forty episodes of this four seasons. It's a lot, you know. While I'm editing, yeah, uh, one yeah, and I have I have to write the other season because they have to overlap, you know, and uh, to get it out once a year, and so it's a ton of material. We only do half hours, right? Ten half hours. But that's, you know, five hours of material that I have to deliver. That's two and a half movies every single year. It's a lot. And it's very theatrical. And and, uh, the fans, I know I would say this, take take your time, you know, whatever gets it done right. It's such such an interesting series. Now, you you come in on, on, okay, this is going to be a horror suspense thing. But the truth of the matter, it's multiple character studies. And there's all sorts of things where no one quite gets away Without a little bit of man, that was pretty reprehensible what yeah. they just did, <laughs> and, 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 and it, it makes you look at yourself and go, "What would be my decision in this case?" Mm. And, and so, you know, the, I think in, in many ways, the real horror ends up being what 
what anyone's capable of at any point, you know, and how they respond to certain things. And that's why the show is so awesome. Oh, thank you so much. It's very sweet. We found, you know, we got very, very lucky. I get one of the great benefits for me is I've been able to work with a a large group of storytellers, which I've never gotten to do because I essentially, you know, here I'm I'm in Philly. I'm away from everybody in Los Angeles and I I write, you know, by myself. And then I go shoot a movie with a group of our Philly crew. And then I start editing with one editor. And that's pretty much my life for the last 25 years. But now with this show, I have, you know, writers I talk to every day, a group of writers and we laugh and joke. And then the directors all come in. And there was one moment in the building where I was just kind of giddy because there was like seven directors there and we were all hanging out. I'm like, this is, this is uh, the dream has happened. I have like this, you know, community of filmmakers. So it's been fantastic. And my, my job for the audience is to say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm committing to every single thing. I put in every footstep. I decide every single thing. Um, and, and, and you're going to come and watch something that, that is worth savoring and remembering and watching again. And my, my hope is these 40 episodes when we're all done this and, and that, that, uh, you'll remember every single one of those 40 episodes to do it at, at a high quality. We don't want to have any kind of vamp episodes where it's like, no. oh, it was an all a dream episode. <laughs> right. Yes. You're suddenly at South Fork. On, it's a <laughs> Dallas episode. Um, but, but uh, you know, how cool is it? I know you're you're proud of your, you know, your, your, your children now adults. But how awesome they have been contributing to the show. Your daughter directing, which we love the pizza episode, uh, which, which, was, which was great. And then obviously, you know, their, their participation in it. Uh, was there ever a moment? I mean, because you know how talented they are. But as a father, I assume you have to go, am I, is my father... Instinct is my father. Instinct overriding their assessment of their capabilities, and how cool is it to realize they're really, really good at what they're doing? Yeah, I mean, you know, all of the above. You know, yeah. there's a there's a mixture of feelings. Obviously, you know, uh, but uh, you know, at our house, if you could be at our house, it's it's with the, when it comes to the arts, I don't joke around. So this is not. I don't joke <laughs> around about the arts at all with right. regard to. You know, if you want me to watch uh, something like a trash television show, I'm going to tell you all those reasons that the, the, that they made a mistake dramatically. They'll right. be like, "It's just, it's just the Kardashians, Dad. Just relax." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I said, Kim, at this moment, Kim should have done this. Captured this. this would have been, you know, um, or wow, do you know why you're feeling that? Because the camera is, is doing this at that moment. That handheld camera is doing this, it's actually evoking this. And they sometimes they just want to shut off their brain, but it's a constant, constant, relentless art school the whole time. And I'm brutal on them, I'm brutal on them. I'm like, that, that, that's not good enough. I do not want another person on this planet doing, doing the art for fame or for money i zero interest please do something else do anything else this is my i'm always telling them that and so they come at it with an ethos that um they have to be vulnerable they have to risk themselves and they have to bring something singular that only they can bring so these are the things that they're taught so that's great that's great it shows yeah express entertain Do, do it for that reason you know it makes total mm-hmm. sense. All right. Well, listen. Uh, we unfortunately we got to wrap because we have some other things that we need to move on to, and we got to do it in a certain amount of time. But night, it is always great to talk to you. Very much looking forward to another Shamoween. It is back. Uh, tickets are available, and like we said, you can go through mnsfoundation.org, dot org. M Night Shyamalan Foundation. If you need to remember that. 
We'll post information on presidency.com to make it easy for our listeners, but there are general admission tickets, there's VIP tickets, there's all kinds of extra stuff that you can get, and we come back with stories every year after this You event. see that, that pompous Met Gala, and you think, yeah. oh, okay, and I say, here you got something where the every man can be a part of this, and pick your level and go in and hobnob with the knobable, yes. whatever that means. <laughs> I like that. Knobable. Next film by M. Night Shyamalan. Knobable. Yeah. Uh, but, no, we're looking forward to everything, and obviously, you've, uh, you, uh, Labor of Love is going to be uh, your next film. So uh, maybe we'll talk as, as that's uh, being presented. But there's so much to talk to you about. But uh, man, it's great to have you on night, and uh, we'll we'll talk to you very very soon. Okay. I love you guys. Thank you so much. Continue all the great work you guys do for Philly and for everybody. We appreciate it. Yeah. Night Shyamalan. Thank you so much. Uh, Always great to talk yeah, to him. Fantastic. Man. We can geek out forever, <laughs> so uh, but we got to take a break. We got a little Steven coming up, uh, and we also have talked to Dorothy, who's going to be at the MM Barbecue. We have another chance for you to win the money with the money clip, so we'll take a break, and we'll be back in just a second. <laughs> Make sure you stay with us. Join Marissa Magnata Monday night for a watch party at Sports and Social Inside Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. Your game day headquarters. Win sports and social gift cards and more. Before we, uh, we we're going to have uh, Steve Van Zandt on in a little bit here, but I do have time to do, uh, I want to send out a butt plug. Uh-huh. Uh, and this concerns, uh, this has to do with the band Froggy, who we had on uh, earlier this week. Uh, it's an email from uh, Lynette, who says, uh, she sent it to Kathy, says, Hey, I know you guys talked about the group Froggy on, Froggy on your show on Friday and their 7-Eleven Nacho song. My daughter, Catherine, is a part of a group called Youth for Unity, and they're sponsoring a show this weekend in Doylestown, and Froggy is one of the main performers. The event is billed as the Queer Prom Concert, hmm. and all proceeds benefit the Rainbow Room in Doylestown. It's an organization that gives LGBTQA teens a place to meet, learn, and advocate for themselves. Uh, Catherine, who is 14, is one of the main organizers, which I'm so proud of. And she says, anyway, I was wondering if you could mention the Youth for Unity event featuring Froggy. Uh, tickets are available on Eventbrite, and she sent over a link. And do we have that posted, Nick? Uh, I'll grab it and post okay. it if I, if I haven't already. Um, and so it, the, the Queer Prom concert is this Sunday, 2 to 5 p.m., and it will be at the uh, Moravian Pottery and Tile Works Museum. I've been to that cool. place. It's really, it's really cool. Yeah. And they have like an outside uh, area courtyard. So I'm okay. wondering if that's where the concert will take place. Nice. Maybe. It's on uh, Swamp Road in uh, Doylestown. So we'll make sure we post that information. But that should be a lot of fun this, this Sunday. And speaking of Froggy, it's Brooke's birthday from Froggy today. What? Uh, yeah. Hey. Got a text from June, her mom, who called in last week. <laughs> and so happy birthday, Brooke. You know what that means? Time for a pizza ball. Yay! Yay! So, uh, anyhow, I wanted to mention that. Um, Pizza there you go. Pizza All right, so uh, I have a few other mentions, but well, I think our guest is ready to go. Uh, yes, and this is audio only, just so you know. All right, All right. outstanding. That's well, fine. He has his uh, his book out, and it is titled "Unrequited Infatuation." I bet you this is going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. An epic tale of self discovery by a self confessed rock and roll disciple. <laughs> Uh, from uh, all kinds of musical endeavors, please welcome the one and only Mr. Stephen Van Zandt. Yeah. I said musical endeavors and acting endeavors as of well. Of course, many yes. endeavors. Uh, Stephen, good morning, sir. Good morning, gang. How we doing? We're doing good today, man. Absolutely. Hey, listen, excited about the tales we're going to hear 
in this book about your life. Um, is this the entire Stephen Van Zandt story, or how are you kind of describing uh, what we're going to read in here? Yeah, yeah, it actually is. It's uh, from the very beginning until um, pretty recently, actually. And, uh, you know, just, just basically use the quarantine to put it, put it to good use, you know. Yeah. It's- and, uh you know, it was really, it was really, I don't think it would have gotten done ever if, 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 it, you know, if it hadn't been for the quarantine. But uh, it also helped, you know, 2017, 18, and 19 being very, very productive years for me. I, uh, you know, reunited the Disciples of Soul and ended up putting out uh, two new records, you know, Summer of Sorcery and, and Soulfire, and, and ended up uh, releasing six album packages, including wow. my remastered stuff from the '80s. So it was. It had been a very, very productive three years, which I think also helped me, uh, you know, reconnect with my work and and then and then and then get a chance to write about it. Well, it's um, it's. I, I think we're going to see, and, and we are seeing a number of uh, autobiographies coming out post uh, post quarantine uh, because it seemed to be the right thing to do. But I think even presented with that option and that extra time, uh, Stephen, the the. Um, Sitting down again, going through your life and saying, what do I want to include? What do I want to edit out? How do I want to go about this? It make my head spin. How did you approach it? Yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right, man. It, it was tricky. I mean, it could have been, believe it or not, it could have been two or three times longer. I mean, you know, we left out a lot of stuff, uh, and it's still 400 pages. Um, you know, I had a terrific editor, first of all. Uh, ben Greenman was extremely helpful in keeping me on the path because – I can digress in in, 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 in a minute, you know. <laughs> yeah. I digress. Every single page, one story leads to another story, leads to another story, you know. And I was trying to, um, you know, obviously the narrative, the basic narrative is, is, is important, but uh, more important to me was the other stuff, you know, the, the history that I observed along the way. I wanted to share that because I, I pretty much have been there through the entire rock and roll era except for the first decade, mm-hmm. you know. Other than that, I was just kind of, I was there. And and, and the other part is, you know, the, the various crafts that I've been involved with through the years. Um, I wanted to share some of that so the book could hopefully be useful to people. And so what ended up happening is, you know, the first half of the book is kind of, you know, the music, the, you know, the, the music adventure, as, as, as most people would know about it. But, uh, but the second half of the book becomes a whole new odyssey. It's a whole nother adventure once I leave the E Street Band and, and, uh, and that's there's, where things really start start to get interesting. You know? there, there's something inherently. Uh, we had JJ French from uh, uh, you know Twisted Sister on uh, yesterday, and we were talking about the rock biographies, um, rock documentaries. Um, th- there's something very um, life lessony, I think, for some bizarre reason. I don't know what it is, but I think there is in- inherent, and it's it's part of any form of entertainment where you're trying to claw your way up and, and get a career going. But there's just something about music, you know, and the and the and the rock stars that I think appeals to a lot of people. And some are are Preston, you know, we'll talk about our favorite, you know, books and rock books and documentaries uh, about this. There's there's something u- unique about that that singular drive to succeed. And and when did you in your life say, okay, this is going to be my direction? Music's going to be everything to me. Well, it started off that way. I mean, I mean, it, it hit me the minute the minute I saw the Beatles on TV. Yeah, and and, and 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 then four months later, the Rolling Stones, which completed the picture for me. 
Um, you know, so that was from what? I'm 13 years old. So, so from, from then on, that's all I wanted to do. And know? that is the focus. And, and, and sticking with it and achieving success, um, you know, uh, is, is we, we had a conversation earlier about doing dream jobs and doing mm-hmm. the thing, you know, and, and how... Um, how that is the goal, and there's a, there's a surprisingly high percentage of people who have their dream job, but then acting comes in, as you know, we were adding as well. I mean, there there, there are multiple things that you, which which to you presented the the the, the greatest challenge of the two of the acting and music. Well, music had just become such a part of my life that that, that um, you know you really it was it was just. At that point, my my DNA. Yeah. Uh, the act the acting thing was a complete gift out of nowhere from David Chase. You know, very late in life. I mean, uh, you know, he handed me that gift in my in my forties. Yeah. And uh, you know, and that was a whole new a whole new craft to learn. You know, and that and that even that though wasn't the end of the story. And, you know, and and one thing again led to another. And and what happens is that the story ends up being a bit more universal than even just music or acting. It right. Comes a you know, a search for one's identity, for one's purpose in life, you know, uh, searching for some kind of, uh, you know, enlightenment. And, uh, and I, think, I think that's where it comes, where it becomes more universal. You yeah. Know, I, I, the, you, you, you've learned you know, life lessons. I, I, I was reading an interview with you. You were talking about your, your relationship with Bruce Springsteen and how you were not afraid of Bruce. And you, you sort of gave the, uh, the, uh, the explanation of what you were talking about, saying, you you had the uh, um, the ability to say to Bruce about a, a song uh, that it may not be your best, and you may want to rethink this. Um, do you do you remember what song in particular you were talking about when you first said to to Bruce, um, eh, "This may not be it." Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> you know, I always I always forget this title. I think it's uh, it Inca. You, I, I should know that, shouldn't I? But yeah, mm-hmm. I talk about you know we we've had three three major sort of, you know, fights in our life. And, and I, and I talk about all three of them in, in the book. And, uh, um, I think it's ain't got you. Right. It was ain't got you. Yeah. 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 So that's what I thought. It, yeah. It was just one of those moments when we had been apart for a while and, uh, you know, and he played me the new album and, uh, you know, and he was trying to come to grips with being successful at that point, which was, a you know, really weird after struggling so long. Right. Keep in mind, you know, we, we struggled for 15 years before we broke through. You know, that's a long time. You know, uh, you know, we, we started playing when we were 15 years old and didn't have a hit till 1980. So, you know, Hungry Heart, really, you know. Mm. So, um, you know, suddenly we're, 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 we're quite famous. And, you know, so he was just still coming to grips with that. So that's what that that's what that <laughs> confrontation ended up being about. <laughs> uh, Stephen, yeah. it, it, but, but, but we recover. We recover. We recover very well from our from our uh, disagreements. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stephen, I don't know if you've had a chance. The movie doesn't come out until uh, next Friday. The many scenes in Newark. But uh, have you had a chance to see the movie yet? I just saw the premiere last night. As a matter uh, of fact, and, and it's just uh, terrific. What did you he's think about uh, John Magara's portrayal of a, a young Silvio Dante? It, it's it's great and it's hilarious. I mean, it got one of the biggest uh, reactions of the crowd. Uh, I'm not going to tell you why, but you'll see it when you see it. Uh, he just he's just great, you know. And I, and I knew him. You know, we were friends ever since he, he starred in David Chase's first movie, um, uh, Not Fade Away, which people should check out. And um, 
you know, he just did a terrific job. It was, it was the whole the whole cast is amazing. Uh, I mean, people are going to love this movie. It's it's funny how Silvio Dante is is the, the the character that people always reference, and it's you know, there's a, a great stellar cast, but there's something about him that made him the everyman of that collection, and uh, you know, it, it's got to amaze you how popular that character has been. Yeah, I think people just reacted to the, you know, the, the again, the, the friendship and loyalty that he had for Tony Soprano. He was the only guy who did not want to be the boss, you know, and, and he and he was the guy that, you know, that, that Tony uh, relied on the most. And, right, and uh, right. You know, people respond to that. Nice. Well, I think you're going to respond to the book, too, because you've got loads of great stories yeah. and some stuff to find out. Like, I want to find out why you left the E Street Band, so i got to read the book. Yes! Unrequited <laughs> Infatuations, an epic tale self-discovery by self-confessed rock and roll disciple. Stephen, we love you. Thanks for coming on this morning, man. Thank you. Always good talking to you. All right. Excellent. Stephen yeah. Van Zandt. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Um, I, the, the book is jammed with stuff, and I, he, he wasn't going to give up some of it because obviously he wants to read the book. But apparently, the um, <laughs> the sessions with Bruce where they disagreed on songs were were pretty volatile. pretty contentious. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, he mentioned uh, "Hungry Heart," which is just an outstanding song. Mm-hmm. But I remember as a kid, I thought that Baltimore Jack was a town. <laughs> Really? Yeah. Yes. I got a wife and kids in Baltimore, Jack. I mean, he doesn't say it like, yeah, hey, Baltimore. I got a wife and kids in Baltimore, Jack. It, but the inflection was, got a wife and kids in Baltimore, Jack. And I'm like, wow, is that a suburb huh. of Baltimore? <laughs> yeah, I'm is looking that, for Baltimore, is a, Jack. Is that a city in another state that I'm not familiar with? <laughs> and for the longest time, I thought the Baltimore, Jack was a place. Here's the line. Wimpy D left his family. One day I'm going to settle down in Baltimore Jack. Mm -hmm. Yep. All right. Uh, Hey, I have a couple other uh, butt plugs. All right. Uh, And uh, shart outs. Uh, And this event actually is today, and I apologize uh, for being late getting to this uh, mystery emailer who sent this to me because I don't have the email that accompanies it. But it is the ninth annual Feels Like Home Gala. It's today at the Philadelphia Cricket Club. Uh, and the proceeds this evening provide uh, housing, case management, counseling, financial education, and job training to help individuals in Philadelphia's uh, uh, that uh, Philadelphia who are exiting homelessness. Oh wow! Uh, or exciting homelessness? Uh, I, exciting home. I, anyway, probably exiting. They want to help out. Thank you. Yes, exiting yeah. homelessness. <laughs> All this exciting right. homelessness. This is the most exciting homelessness I've ever experienced. Uh, so you can go to depolusa.org to get information. And I apologize that I did not get to this sooner. And I think this came from Jessica Dorsey. And a guy named Richard Frank also sent it over, Preston, because I got the same thing. And that information is up on the events page, the community events page at PrestonandSteve.com. So if you need any info, starts at 6.30 tonight and goes until 8.30. All right. Um, then, and we I, have to really sell the sizzle here. I have a shart out to do. Let me see if I have any more butt plugs. Uh, these are mainly shart outs. I have a bunch of them I have to try to get to before tomorrow. I mean, you try, listen, you, you handle as many as you can. I got this from uh, Taylor Hugo. He says, I hope this finds you well. My wife, Christine, is a religious listener to your show. Uh, there are few moments during the day and night when she doesn't have your podcast on. Instead of watching TV, she listens to repeats in bed before going to sleep. Wow, that's Meaning, erotic. You guys are literally the first thing she hears 
in the morning when she wakes up and the last thing before she goes to sleep. Uh, This last week, we celebrated 17 years since our first date in high school. Man. And this Saturday, the 25th, is our six-year wedding anniversary. We had purchased tickets and planned to attend our first MMRBQ to celebrate with you all. Unfortunately... My wife suffers from a rare medical condition. One of the side effects is her lungs can collapse spontaneously. Oh, oh my God. After spending time in the hospital last month, we thought that she was in the clear. However, we had to come back to Penn this week as a result of another collapse. And as I write this, she is in surgery to hopefully provide a more permanent solution to her lung issues. She's an amazing wife, the best mother ever to our two children, Layla and Ethan, and loves all of you and your show so much. Whenever possible, uh, I feel a hearty shout out to my wife, Christina, will really help her heal up. Congratulations on your Hall of Fame induction. We can't wait to see you at next year's MMRBQ. Thank you. And that is from Taylor Hugo. Let's uh, Tom Jones this okay. up. Yeah, she's uh, she's on the men. She needs some, uh, she needs yeah! some Tom Jones on <laughs> Uh, here's another one. It says, hey, this is uh, Ilana, I-L-A-N-A. Uh, and I want to shout out to shout out to my buddy and co-worker, Philly's finest, Anthony Johnson at Arch Precision Medical Solutions in Huntington Valley. And she says, keep on reaching your goals and go Eagles. And that is from Ilana. So here you go. Shout out for you. Uh, then another one says, let's see here. How about this one? I'd like to give a big shout out to my, to my husband, Sean, who's been a fan of yours for years. Sean is turning 31 this Friday. Hey! Uh, this is Sean's second week back to work after finally getting some help with his addiction. And I'm so grateful for him putting in the hard work. You guys were his saving grace. Uh, he woke up and turned you guys on every day. Oh. Thanks so much and keep doing what you do. And happy birthday, Sean. I love you. So that is from Brooke Hirsch. So here's a shout out to you. You can't imagine how much that means to us, right, Preston? Totally. People talk about going to medical treatments or whatever or listening to the show or the podcast or, uh, you know, you, you, you do far more for us than we do for you. But we're glad to hear that uh, that helped. Absolutely. And Casey, you had one? Yeah, I want to give a shout out to um, Jimmy. So uh, you guys all know the Jimmies. They show up to the Camp Out for Hunger every year. Yeah, they're great. Father, son. And uh, so Big Jimmy. Yeah, getting married this week. Oh, what? Uh, yeah, so, somebody's uh, getting married. What? Somebody's getting married. Uh, but Jimmy and his uh, fiance are headed to Las Vegas, and they they leave today. So big shout out, and this is from Joey H. Uh, and then also Sexy Chewbacca, who invited me to Jimmy's bachelor party a couple of weeks ago. I was unable to attend, but uh, congratulations, man! Nice, great. excellent. Um, so with all that stuff out of the way, and I have a few more that, that I will get to tomorrow. Um, I thought this was uh, kind of an interesting thing. You know, we talked earlier this morning about um, the dream jobs and yes. the fact that 43% in this particular poll of Americans uh, said that they are actually working their dream job. Which is great to hear. Now I have for you the most dangerous jobs in the United States. Okay. So they, they come out with these uh, yearly. I wonder how much they fluctuate from year to year. Right. There's, there's usually the, the top three or four remain in a cluster and just change places. So this is uh, Penn State researchers that did this. uh, And they found that logging 
and landscaping are the most dangerous jobs in the United States. Sometimes it's farming. What about crab, uh, like, you know, the uh, deadliest catch and all that yeah, stuff? Yeah, the fishermen. It says in the United States, so okay. maybe it's more dangerous than other... I, I don't know, Steve, but this is what they came no, up with. No, the logging, in fact, there was a show, it's probably still on, because these shows tend to remain on for 50 years, about the logging industry. Yeah. And in the coming attractions for the show, they always show... You know, timber swinging on chains and the saws and all that crap. Yeah, it's very dangerous. Dude, Rochelle showed me a video uh, that she saw. I don't know if it was on Facebook or anyone in social media. And it was the most wicked contraption I've seen in some time. Oh. So, okay. All right, can I guess? Sure. Because I think, is it that thing that hangs from the helicopter? No. Oh. So it's this uh, thing that it's a, it's essentially, it's, a, it's like a clamp with a wheel on it. And they put it at the base of a tree. Oh, no. And it shoots straight up. The, the wheel turns. This thing rides up the tree. And oh. as it goes up the tree, it cuts off branches on the way up. Wow. Oh and, it, and it goes up wow. super fast. And you just shears off these branches. And I had no idea that this thing existed. It was really... That's got to be in a horror movie. This freaky looking... You got to have someone run up a tree and they send that up. Oh, my God. Yeah. It was pretty wild. So they have all kinds of intense equipment. I'd be terrified. The logging industry. And the Penn State researchers found the risk of death for loggers is more than 30 times higher than all... U.S. workers. Uh, huh. what, what was the thing from the helicopter? So what they about? do, Preston, is they hang. The, it's got multiple spinning blades on it, and it hangs directly down from a helicopter. And the helicopter will fly through the woods and do what you're talking. They about. They do that for power lines and stuff, for right? Power lines as well, and it just shears off massive branches as it's moving along. I won't. I one. think it, mm. it, it ended up in, the, in one of the Bond movies where they ran one across a BMW. Okay. Uh, tree care workers also encounter hazard rates of far higher than a typical worker. We, we've known people who have had uh, falls yes. and, that work on trees. Yeah. Uh, and you can you can die from that, no problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the study, researchers looked through a U.S. Occupational Safety and Health Administration database. Where does radio fall in that? Uh, for deaths from tree falling between 2010 and the first half of 2020. Overall, they found 314 deaths with the leading cause being struck by a tree. By a tree. Most often in the in the head. And we're looking at the device you're talking about, Preston, here. The one that climbs up the... Uh, uh, oh, no, that's a different no, one. No, that's not it. Uh, but oh, it's kind of doing it, though. Yeah, this... That that looks like it's stripping it for uh, this... This The, the logs... Uh, the trees stay alive. It trims the trees. It doesn't... Oh, okay. uh, this is uh, taking logs that have fallen in. That it. looks really, like right out of Matrix Revolution. Totally, man. Some of that equipment is insane that they have. Yeah. Um, you guys know of any accidental radio deaths? I'm not uh, making a joke, but is there anything out there that... I mean, the, most of them involve logs uh, <laughs> getting hit by trees. Um, I don't know. We, we've come close. You, well, you... you Rode your bike to a wall of fire, Case. Oh, dude, it was uh, it was very dangerous. It was Believe actually it or a not, piece of heated plywood. Dude, I okay. separated my shoulder. Yeah, down. I know. <laughs> All right, I know. Uh, yeah, so I, I didn't experience this. It was after I worked at this radio station, but there was um, a guy that I worked with, and he said that a um, uh, the the station was knocked off the air. The transmitter went down. An engineer went to the transmitter to go take a look at it, and he was. Tinkering with the with the uh, the transmitter, which you know some of these are like fifty thousand watts, yeah, very yeah. very very powerful, 
and he was reaching for something, and as he there was a metal table, and as he placed his chin on the table, zapped him, killed him, killed him. Oh yeah. Oh my God! He died. They yeah, found calling him. Yeah, going into win zap bucks. I just heard the sounder. <laughs> like he was on fire. The whole oh my thing. God! Oh. Yeah. So. Oh my God, that's awful. But that's in engineering. So yeah. uh, I'm not familiar with any legendary radio on air dental radio deaths. Yes. No, I don't. know. <laughs> I mean, we almost killed an intern. More yes. Than once that we yes. But yeah. they yeah. nacho cheese. It involved no. nacho cheese. And they worked for free. So yeah. That would have yeah. been an they accidental were, radio. Death. They're listed in the vouchers as expendable. Right? I mean, there, but there are people that have died during radio. Radio stunts. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so that's for oh, yeah. sure. Yeah, okay. There's one that, that the, uh, the the woman that drank too much water. Yep. You remember that? It was the urine contest. See how much you could uh, yeah. water you could drink, and uh, you can die from uh, toxicity from water toxicity. For, for all the things we've done, we've remained. Pre- we've had pubic hair eaten and, and foot shavings and stuff like that. We've been pretty good. Bill doesn't like it when we do eating things. Yeah, uh, wow. the potential. I don't like joke, it. Joking. I can uh, I can understand that. Except soup. Soup. No. You're not, not going to choke. They're all going to laugh at you. <laughs> <laughs> Brings back bad memories. People could get burned. <laughs> Cause stains on the floor. Minestrone. Um, overall, they found 314 deaths with the leading cause, like I said, being struck by a tree. Bad decision making was a key component of fatal incidents. Like standing next to the tree that's being chopped down? And in some cases, bystanders were killed due to the actions of others. I could see that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, years such as 2012, 17, and 18, uh, with abnormally high damage from Atlantic storms, saw high numbers of landscaping deaths that might be related to storm damage, while 2014 and 15 had uh, quiet hurricane seasons and few deaths. So the weather has a little bit to do with that as far as the landscaping side goes, which is interesting. It's interesting because you would think like things like building high-rises and... Crane stuff and all of that would account for a, a large amount yeah. of injuries and death, but it, it doesn't. Yeah, so um, there's a scene in uh, Shang-Chi where there's a, there's a fight scene that's on the side of a building in the scaffolding, right. right? And in the scaffolding, they're using bamboo. And what I found uh, after doing a little bit of uh, digging um, is that that's a common thing, bamboo scaffolding. Ba- bamboo scaffolding, really? Mm-hmm. It just seems huh. very... Uh, impractical to me, but uh, there's a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's the reason. Is it dangerous? Uh, to me, it seems like it's well, way more you... dangerous than uh, you know having metal scaffolding on the side of a building because oh. you get a lot of pandas loitering. Yeah, right. Uh, that's interesting. I don't know. Maybe it's stronger than we realize. I guess yeah. if it's green still. I don't know. Um, hang on a second. I'm going to go to Ryan. Hey, Ryan. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. How are you doing? It's good, man. What's up? Bother you at work? No. <laughs> well, thank you. It's all right. What's up, buddy? I, uh, so I, I, I had to call in. So I've, I was a landscaper for like 15 years and yeah, you get cuts and scrapes. Chainsaws are extremely dangerous. I was also a firefighter. So yeah, you deal with plenty of stuff in that, but I've been roofing for the past about almost a year Ooh. and I've been in the, in the hospital twice. Um, <laughs> like firefighting, nothing, landscaping, nothing, but I wanted to tell about my most recent, okay. uh, trip to the hospital. It, Involved a hammer falling on my head from the top of a ladder and ending up with eight staples. Whoa! Okay. So yeah, when I immediately think of falls, yeah, which obviously happened, but I didn't think well, of stuff falling yeah. and hitting you. Yeah, that that doesn't really happen. It was just it was a dumb accident, and I was very lucky. Uh, the first time I went to the hospital, that was a fall. Yes, that was okay. falling off the roof. I was fine. I uh, went to work the next day. In fact, oh. I finished the finished the day. You know, drove home. And then went to the hospital myself. Even uh, I'm the type of person that 
when I got out of the hospital with the with the hammer injury, I tried to go back to work. Right. Um, they wouldn't let me, but I worked the next day and you know kept going. Uh, surprisingly, so you, it really didn't hurt that much. It didn't hurt that much. Wow! So I, it, it was bizarre that it didn't that it didn't bother. <laughs> so eight staples. Any um, uh, any concussion? Nothing. Didn't wow. didn't knock me out. You know, I drove <laughs> myself to the hospital. Oh my <laughs> god! A calm drive. You know, bleeding. You know, from the head. That yeah, yeah that's dangerous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. a firefighter, nothing. But roofing, that's how you get injured. Yeah, I uh, think it might not be for me. I uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like hiking and Nick. <laughs> All right, thanks, man. Appreciate uh, yeah, it. Going. Yeah, Bye. you too. Do they have um, you know, like firefighters that that out west, you know, that fight the massive forest fires? Is that on the list? Because that to me seems like it's inherently smoke jumpers. Yeah, smoke God jumpers, Almighty, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, this is just according to statistics of injuries, and I guess it depends on you know how many deaths overall there were. Uh, because you know, I mean. There's probably more people uh, working logging regularly yeah. than there are smoke you know, jumpers. Yeah, than there are smoke jumpers. So just out of sheer numbers. Now maybe out of uh, per capita, if you right. were to take the uh, uh, the ratio of the amount of people that do that work and how many people get injured, it might be different in that regards. Uh, but yeah, so there's uh, some dangerous gigs out there, and I'll bet landscaping alone, man. Not just I mean these are I think these cover deaths, but injuries. People got to be losing fingers and all, you know, yeah. breaking bones and all kinds of stuff doing that kind of work. I mean, there's a lot of heavy machinery. All right, anyhow, uh, just thought you would find that interesting. We need to take a break because we need to stay on time. We have more money to give away in the form of MMR's money clip, and we have the bizarre file, and we're going to talk to Dorothy, yeah. who's at the MMRBQ this Saturday, and the weather's looking great. We'll be back in a moment. WMMR presents Money Clips. You just won yourself $500? Woohoo, yeah, you got it. No, you got it. (laughs) Right, I do got it. Even our sweet days from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. We'll play an audio clip from one of your favorite MMR DJs. So true, Jackson. And then give you a keyword. Text it to 45911. Or if you enter it at WMMR.com or our app, you'll also get entered for the grand prize. 10000 bucks. What the f***? See complete rules at WMMR.com. It's MMR's Money Clips. Sponsored by Horizon Services. Heating, cooling, and plumbing. Visit horizonservices.com. 93.3 WMMR. Thank you so much. Everything that rocks your wallet. We're going to do the Bizarre File, and then we're going to give you a shot of $500. No. Bizarre. WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Bizarre File. This morning, it is brought to you by Revivalist Spirits. Voted USA Today's Top Craft Gin Distillery offers online ordering and delivery of gin, vodka, bourbon, and pre-made cocktails uh, to all Pennsylvania residents. You can use the promo code PRESTON for 10% off of your purchase. Revivalistspirits.com. An Oklahoma man has been sentenced to more than a dozen years behind bars after he pleaded no contest in a case in which he was accused of illegally performing a surgery at a cabin in the woods. Oh uh, okay, what kind of surgery? Wait till you hear. Oh. Bob Lee Allen had been set to go on trial this week, but agreed to a plea deal. According to prosecutors, Allen performed a castration. Oh, 
on a volunteer at the cabin and then stored the removed body parts in a freezer. And the person told police that Alan later joked about eating those body parts. I don't think he was joking. We've had stories like this before, and this is like a thing. This is a fetish thing. Yeah, there are some people that want to be castrated. Yes. And so they, they, a, a medical doctor won't do it just because you want to have it done, and they will find somebody who will do it. You've had a couple of bizarre file stories just like this. Alan was arrested after the volunteer went to a hospital because of bleeding after the surgery. Alan pleaded no contest to felony counts of conspiracy to commit unlicensed surgery, practicing medicine without a license, and attempted distribution of a psychedelic mushroom. Uh, he was sentenced to two years in jail and uh, in it says in in two years in jail and ten years in prison. So I don't know what the differences are there. But now anyway, they're just splitting hairs. Uh, Alan told the judge that he believed the plea was in his best interest because quote a jury might convict me. Good rule of thumb: if you have any sort of medical thing you need done, don't go to a cabin. Yeah, not a good yeah, idea. Yeah, go to a hospital. What the hell is the difference between prison and jail? Um, well, one is be. like temporary. Yes, uh, yeah. prison, like a, a state prison or a federal prison. You know, that's where you get sentenced for a long time. If you uh, county jail is yeah. something else. So you're under you're under two years in county jail. You can and be then locked after up. That, okay. Yeah, like I if you so. if you get uh, a DUI, they'll toss you in jail. But yeah. if you cut off someone's penis in a van, give you a little more in a in a cot. Yeah, right. Cut. You're in prison. <laughs> But you also, uh, don't you go to jail while you wait? Nah, I don't know. To go yeah, to prison. Here it says, uh, jail can be used to describe a place for those awaiting trial okay. or held for minor crimes, whereas prison describes a place for convicted criminals of serious crimes. Like if you cut someone's penis off. <laughs> Maybe that. <laughs> a man reportedly offered free hugs outside a restaurant near downtown Madison, Wisconsin, was arrested Saturday after allegedly trying to fight anyone who didn't want to hug. Oh, so you had no option. You had no option. <laughs> Additionally, during the same call, officers also took into custody a man who had been banned from the restaurant two weeks earlier. Hug me! Jeffrey Johnson was standing outside the eatery, wanted to give people hugs. If someone did not want one, though, the 33-year-old would allegedly become confrontational and combative. You son of a bitch. Uh, He had left before officers arrived, but authorities soon located him later and took him into custody. While being detained, Johnson also allegedly started spitting and kicking at the officers. I guess they didn't want to hug either. Yeah. Making threats and ended up damaging a cruiser. And while at the restaurant, officers also arrested Jason Stone for coming to the restaurant twice that day, despite a report pre- reported previous ban on ever returning. You <laughs> bastard! This is a hot spot, apparently. Yeah, man. This place. The 38-year-old Stone was booked on a count of trespassing as well as five felony bail jumping and five more misdemeanor bail jumping allegations. Busy guy. Wow, I guess so. Uh, let's see. How about this? Is kind of weird. As part of a pandemic project suggested by his wife, Jack Epstein began last month going through his papers that were taking up space in their attic. While cleaning out old letters from readers of his budget travel book on Latin America, the journalist with the San Francisco Chronicle made an unexpected discovery that he, unbeknownst to him, he had corresponded with the Unabomber. What? Epstein told CNN the letter was from 1979 and read something like, I'm looking for a refuge in South America where the closest person is five miles away. You seem to know South America well. Can you give me some advice? Epstein, who had been a journalist since 1980, looked at the return address and it said T.J. Kaczynski. 
Oh, man. And he said the first thing that came to mind was Ted Kaczynski. And I thought, it can't be him. It can't be the Unabomber. He Googled Kaczynski and found out his middle name is John. And then he knew it had to be him. At that time, uh, at the time that he received the letter, Kaczynski was unknown to the general public. The Unabomber first came to the attention of authorities in 1978 after a homemade bomb exploded in a Chicago university. It was followed by a series of attacks that killed three people and injured dozens. I uh, wasn't caught till 96 after his brother identified his prose from his published manifesto. But Kaczynski not only sent one letter, but two. The second being a thank you note for giving him advice and being helpful and courteous. He had said, uh, apparently Epstein said, I'm glad I was helpful and courteous because, you know, this guy was sending bombs to people that he doesn't know. Yours uh, truly, you bomber. Uh, after, <laughs> after confirming the authenticity of letters, Epstein had to do what he does best. He said, I've got to write something. This is so weird. I have to write something down. So he published his own story about the letters in the Chronicle on Friday. How wild is that? It's insane. Uh, As I, was he. I love this story. <laughs> Young Danes. Okay, so the Danish. Yes. Are sticking... Nicotine pouches up their asses and inside their foreskins in a trend that has left health experts concerned and baffled. Is, what so hell? what is this for like a, a nicotine rush? Health, or... ex- health experts from across Denmark, including the country's National Health Institute, confirmed the trend. Multiple threads on Scandinavian forums where users discussed placing nicotine pouches on or up intimate body parts. Nicotine pouches are popular in Scandinavia, especially among young people. Snus, which is a wet tobacco pouch that originates from Sweden... What the hell? ...has a particularly long tradition in the subregion, despite being illegal in every European uh, Union ca- uh, country, save for Sweden itself. Snus is. Uh, in Denmark, the word snus, snus is uh, oftentimes used as a catch-all term for any tobacco or nicotine pouch placed underneath the upper lip. Users report a mild burning sensation in the gum during use. And in July, a Danish law came into effect that banned the use of snus and other nicotine pouches during school hours after reports of students sticking these packets around classrooms. Steve, I think they were hiding the fact. And you can still get the same effect. It goes into your blood system. So like after a meal, you go outside and stick a snus pouch up your butt. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. So one teenager who spoke recounted how he and a group of friends had stuck nicotine bags up their foreskin, skin of their genitals while drunk at a party. Meanwhile, the health expert said that a boy she had spoken to had claimed to have done the same thing. Uh, Denmark is not only Scandinavian uh, is is not the only Scandinavian country where teenagers seem to be putting nicotine pouches in odd spaces. A student in Norway who asked to remain anonymous had experimented with placing snus inside his foreskin as well. So as risky as this seems, it's not as dangerous as putting a lit cigarette up your ass. Probably right. Uh, not as bad as a burning sensation. And there you go. That's what I have in the bizarre file. Can you get uh, snooze in the U.S., Casey? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm okay. Camel makes a snooze. Um, Where's it? Is it convenience stores mostly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just where you get your own tobacco. Okay. Wherever butt nicotine is sold. Yeah. So if you're looking through a new thrill, they don't recommend it, but you know, it's all the rage right now. All over Denmark. Absolutely. Well, to cut down on that, will they start vaping with their butts? Maybe. Maybe you could do that if you can find a way to suck in. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Go for uh, it. Yeah, some people can do that. I know. I grew up with a guy who could make himself fart. He would essentially suck air up I've, through his I've heard about it. Yeah. How do you? Yeah, and it's got to be. I can't even imagine how you do that. Yeah. And you guys never dared him to take a cigarette and try and. Uh, we were too young at that point. Okay. Um, although you know what, I did hang out with him later in You're life. Young, dumb, and full of snooze. <laughs>
Would you did hang out with him later in life? Later in life. But when we first learned about it, I was, you know, we played lacrosse. So I was probably in like seventh grade or something like that. Yeah. yeah oh, wow. But you got to be careful. Got to be careful. It smells like a turd covered in burnt hair. You can uh, <laughs> burn yourself. Um, oh, uh, what? we have to do this. 93.3 WMMR. It's time for an MMR money clip. Now, here's your money clip keyword. Uh, the word is budget. B-U-D-G-E-T. We're going to give you until 15 minutes after the hour to enter that. Three ways for you to do it. You can text it to the special contest short code number, which is 45911. Or also, you can, uh, if you're interested in the $10,000 grand prize, enter it via the MMR app or at WMMR.com. And one random entry wins $500 in our company-wide contest. That person will get a call from Beasley, so be sure to answer your phone. Contest rules are available at WMMR.com, and it is sponsored by Horizon Services. So again, the word for you, my friend, is budget, B U D. G-E-T. Make sure you enter that. Don't miss your opportunity to win. If you can't do it right now, we've got another one coming up in a couple of hours. We're going to take a break. When we return, Dorothy, who will be at the MMRBQ, will be joining us. And we'll get trash, music news, and more. Stay with us. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address. Uh, on, on the web. PrestonandSteve.com. Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. And I think it's time we talk to somebody who's going to be on stage. We just played that song. She is uh, no stranger to MMR. Has been here in our studio and on the stage and uh, BB and T Pavilion before. Please welcome uh, the amazing Dorothy hey! to the show. <laughs> hey, Dorothy. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, thanks for coming on this morning. Thanks uh, for having me. Uh, okay, I'm going to start off immediately. I, I overheard Casey chatting with you before uh, we went on air. And can you tell us the name of your cat, please? <laughs> His name is Wesley Stripes. Wesley Stripes. <laughs> <laughs> That's He's brilliant. so sweet. He's the sweetest cat. Uh, I've never heard him hiss, not once. I don't think he knows how to hiss. <laughs> Sometimes they don't. Yeah, we have a, we have nine cats, and there are a couple of them that don't know how to meow, so they just kind of open up their mouth and nothing comes out. Oh, you have nine cats. Nine cats. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to bite my tongue. <laughs> uh, well, listen, yeah, you're going to be back in, in Philadelphia, and we're excited about that. What has been the extent of, uh, of being on the road uh, this year? What's that been like? There has not been much of it. Um, mm. we're, I, I think everyone's kind of dipping their toe back in the pond, you know, like tours are getting canceled and then getting booked. and then. Uh, but we have some hopefully big, exciting announcements coming in October, and mm. we're just excited to come play the show. Okay. I'm, I'm seeing things that are, you know, listen, it's the word we've been using for quite a while, which is staying fluid. But, I mean, last year we couldn't have the MMRBQ, and we're having it, and, we're, and it's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. So things are getting adjusted and people are, are uh, accommodating. But, uh, I mean, when you know, what you do for your artistic expression is to get up in front of people and, and, and sing and do all that. And then to have that be stalled for a while, that's just got to be, this has got to be really uh, kind of a, a bad thing for an artist like yourself. You know what? It was really frustrating. Um, 2020 was a very, obviously, a very difficult year. Uh, it landed on an album cycle for me, so I was able to keep writing and recording gifts from the Holy Ghost. Right. And I got lucky in that sense that I had, you know, something that I 
kept striving for so I wouldn't lose my mind. Um, so I, you know, I went to Nashville, I went to Brooklyn and I went back and forth to LA and made this album, um, mostly throughout 2020, the end of 2020. And, um, so now it's finally come to life and I'm like, thank God I had that, you know, and, and it was also a time to be still and do a lot of soul searching and, and we all had to reexamine life, uh, in a way. So I think, because people were not distracted with their jobs or, you know, they were forced to lock down. I think they were faced with asking some big questions about life, which I think is going to be a good thing Yeah. as we watch this like Star Wars trilogy play out because I feel like I'm in <laughs> yeah. a freaking movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a good way to describe it. Hey, you know what? Going to a, uh, a, a practical question about, about what you do and what musicians do and uh, the rigors of a of a of a, an intense touring schedule for singers in particular, the muscle that you use is very finicky and and can be irritated. Is it better to have these breaks, uh, or or can that be uh, funky as opposed to you know singing almost every night and and doing damage to to your your voice? Oh yeah, you definitely need breaks. Um, you get really strong on the road and. I've after like I, I remember it was at the peak of the Greta Van Fleet tour when we were playing the Masonic Theater in San Francisco. I just had like this out of body experience of we'd been on the road I think a couple weeks and really warmed up and my voice was doing things I never imagined it could do. But of course, yeah, you have to take breaks. Um, and for me, in between, obviously, like you know, no messing around, no talking. I literally have to go on vocal rest and it's annoying because I can't communicate with people. So I'm just yeah. texting or re- holding up a sign like, feed me, please. <laughs> so yeah. you're um, you're going to be in Camden on Saturday, right? And so in Camden, when you're on the lawn, you, it overlooks, you see the beautiful Philadelphia skyline. I love that venue. For you, what venue um, has been your favorite to play just for the the ambient setting and what venue have you not played yet that you uh look forward to performing in oh man there's been so many good ones um we've played fillmore we've played masonic theater i really sometimes i just really like a good theater like the house of blues with the lighting and the and the more intimate atmosphere um you know the bigger the the arena or shed sometimes it's 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 almost like hard to have a connection with the full audience because mm. there's so many people. But uh, you have know, you ever, have you ever played Red Rocks? That's the one. That's the one I want to play. Okay. I, I listen. Yeah, I listen to a lot of live stuff from Red Rocks, and I just can't wait to go there. Yeah, just the, the view alone. I can imagine as a as a performer, you know, looking out and seeing that would be a whole other uh, a whole other level of uh, of. Ambiance's case. Yeah. Well, I mean, and f- even for the performer, for for the um, the person attending the concert, you have that, and but for the performer as well, you have the Red Rocks on the side. And I think of like a, a venue like the Gorge Amphitheater in uh, George Washington. It is a beautiful theater. I've been, I've never been there, but it seems to me like when you're a performer, you don't get to see the best part, which is everything behind you. <laughs> right, yeah. uh, there's a huge like gorge and you know uh, river and everything. Have you ever played Gorge, by the way? I have not, no. Have you ever been there by any chance? I don't think so. Okay, so yeah. we're adding things to your bucket list here, <laughs> so you didn't know That's all the right. stuff you're missing Good. out on. 
Uh, yeah, yeah. Red, Ro- Red Rocks is bucket list for sure. Okay. And Cubs. Nice. And uh, when you guys are, when, when you get out and you do the, uh, when, hopefully, you know, like you said, there's going to be some news uh, coming up in October. Um, what's uh, what's the plan as far as getting out on the road? Is it uh, is it to, to headline or to play some supporting acts? Do you have any idea yet? Oh, yeah. The dream would be like a sold-out headlining tour, you know? we yeah. It's been so long. We can't wait to reconnect with fans. And uh, it's interesting. Every venue's different, you know? We, the rules change daily, so I'm just like, trying not to, you know, freak out and lose it and just trust that it's all going to work out. You, you, last time we talked to you, uh, you know, uh, you know, you were, you're working on the album and, and, um, you were in a, you know, a good place. You just gone through some, some medical stuff that you talked to us about. And, uh, you know, you, you're with all the stuff and with all the demons that, uh, people can deal with when they're, you know, when this isolation sets in and all that stuff to get out and actually interact with people, it, it, it's very cathartic. So what, what, what's your level of comfortability with everything that's going on, you know, and getting out and, and doing these venues and stuff? I mean, do, are you are you very germophobic or are you pretty relaxed? No, nope. no, I'm not. Actually, I don't know, like, how much I can say on the radio, but um, I'm not afraid. Um, I understand that we have to be sensitive to people who have, you know, health complications. Right. But, um, but I, I personally, I'm not afraid. I, I'm a very healthy person. I've traveled a lot the last couple of years. I haven't been sick in over two years. Um, I take certain medications that people are <laughs> finding is helping prevent them from get, getting sick right. or helping them recover. Uh, as well as vitamins and vitamin D and sunshine and exercise and, uh, you know, that's happy good. to report that, that I'm doing pretty good. Well, that's know? excellent. Listen, I think that uh, everyone's so freaking excited for Saturday because it is that, it's that sort of thing. You need to get out, you need to, you need to see faces and, and you need to also be respectful of everyone's sensitivity level. So I always say, you know, you, you do you and, and everyone try to be safe and, and uh, get on because we need more of this to have that long time where there were all the people associated with the venues that were shut down and all the peripheral businesses that were shut down and, you know, these entertainment venues, um, you know, to see people back and working is a wonderful thing. Yeah, we're not meant to be isolated. I think that's just devastating for human beings. Yeah. Um, I loved when you were in the studio. I love you. Can't wait to see you on Saturday, but I love you even more because I saw your Instagram stories. Marissa and I were just watching them, and you're already packed and ready to go. <laughs> I see you have your outfits ready. Uh, that's like me. I, I pack like a week in advance before I leave for somewhere. Oh, it's neurotic. I can't sleep. I think I packed at least two days before a flight. <laughs> oh, so you're, you're you're the antithesis of Marissa, who'll just who she'll actually she'll actually purchase her stuff at the airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but <laughs> I, I, I kind of agree. Okay, so let me ask you: since as a practiced person who's toured and 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 get yourself packed, what is your luggage of choice? Um, Timmy's good. Timmy's really good. Um, but I I just get the. You know, cheap stuff from like TJ Maxx. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got it's got like a ten, it's got yeah. like a ten year warranty. Really? And it's and it's yeah, it's light and it's a, like it, it rolls in all directions. That's all I care about. All right, when you get to the hotel, do you use the actual uh, drawers to to put your 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 clothes in, or do you keep it in your luggage? No, no. I just no. I literally live out of a suitcase. <laughs> do you check the room for bed bugs? Um, I don't stay in hotels that are known to have uh, <laughs> bug problems. All right, so you, you do your research. You're a smart, smart person. There you go. Nice. <laughs>
Well, the show is on Saturday, and we're excited. Uh, and by the way, uh, Dorothy hits the stage around 3 o'clock-ish. Uh, so awesome. it's, it's going to be great, and we're looking forward to it. So, Dorothy, we will see you on Saturday. Thanks for coming on this More morning. We're very excited. Thank right. you. Excellent. Dorothy, guys. Yeah. Hey! She's great. <laughs> All right, so that will be Saturday. We're ramping up to the whole thing. All right, uh, we need to... Give some stuff away, and we're going to do the lesson question. Today, we're going to give away for a prize a digital download of the Shawshank Redemption. Question I have for you this morning is, what game show does Vin Diesel just keep playing by himself? (laughs) 215-263-WMMR. Do you know the answer? You should give us a call. What game show does Vin Diesel just keep playing all by himself? 215-263-WMMR. Call while you call. We do this. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. All right, brought to you by Club Risque, the Delaware Valley's premier gentleman's club says, show your MMRBQ 2021 ticket, no cover, and get a free drink at all locations, Philly, Bristol, and Northeast. PubRiscay.com. What's going on, Steve? Well, Prince Charles recounts the last conversation he had with his father, Prince Philip, in a new BBC documentary. According to Charles, the ailing Philip gently drew his son in closely and whispered in his ear, I love you. He's got very big ears. Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck revealing at least one key to the success of their rekindled relationship. Listen to this. Neither of them follows the other one on Instagram. In fact, the two are so old school that when they are separated because of work, they often engage in fax sex. So that's that's much more uh, uninvolved there. And finally... That show, Celebrity IOU, the star, Ant Anstead, saying his relationship with Anais Elwiger has been a gift to him. Anstead says once he learned to start seeing the world the way Zellweger does, he began walking into walls. Alright, we'll see if you know the answer. What game show does Vin Diesel just keep playing by himself? I'm going to go to Andy for the answer. Yo, Andy, good morning. Preston, could I talk to you about a strange discharge? <laughs> yeah, I love that clip. As long as I'm your dad. All right, Andy, what is uh, the game show that Vin Diesel keeps playing? Family Feud. Family yeah. Feud. Yeah. Hang on, Andy. We're going to set you up a minute. We have uh, a digital download <laughs> of the Shawshank Redemption. Uh, you can relive, ex- relive extraordinary performances by Morgan Freeman and Tim Robbins and experience the iconic film about the triumph of the human spirit again. Available now for the first time, and that's on 4K Ultra HD. Let us get to music news. Now, Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Dad, can I talk to you for a minute? <laughs> Imagine approaching your dad. Dad, can I talk to him for a minute? Something went on with my penis. Do we have part of the other... Uh, we do, too, yeah. Can you cut it Mother, off? The- I have a strange discharge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's brought to you by uh, Frolix Farm Fall Festival. Uh, families know it's not fall without a trip to Frolix Farm Fall Festival. That's a lot of ass. Uh, kicking off on Saturday, October 2nd, with a special appearance from Nick McElwain. Hey. Fun for the entire family. FrolixFarm.com for information. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins, Billy Corrigan, has partnered with Reverb, the largest online marketplace for buying and selling new, used, and vintage musical instruments. And Corgan will sell a collection of music gear 
uh, used throughout his career. Who uh, just did that? You had reported on someone else that sold a like a ton of, I think it was drums. Yeah. yeah. And I don't remember And uh, who this here. apparently is the thing to do. Yeah, Reverb is a great website. Uh, so he's going to sell stuff including guitars, synthesizers, amps, guitar pedals, and more. Uh, more than 100 pieces of music gear will be offered in Corrigan's Reverb shop, including a pair of uh, Kurzweil K2500 synthesizers that were used to create Adore and the Machina albums, uh, two gold Marshall JMP1 preamps, and three 1980s ADA MP1 preamps, two of which were used on the Smashing Pumpkins debut album, Gish. Uh, this is the second time that he's teamed with Reverb to sell gear from his personal collection. Dave Grohl has recalled working on Nirvana Smells Like Teen Spirit. While discussing the song at NME's Nevermind at 30, uh, he said, I remember writing Teen Spirit in our rehearsal space, and I like the riff that Kurt came up with because it's percussive. Those muted, stabbing strums in between the chords really lent to the pattern of the drum riff. He said that the band was writing a new song every day, adding, of course, no one had any psychic foresight to imagine that Teen Spirit would go on to do what it did. We just haven't rocked it in a little rehearsal space that was like a barn. Although he didn't know, quote, that the lyrics, uh, what the lyrics were, he said that he realized the power of the song once Nirvana took it into the studio. Uh, he said, I think everyone was more focused on songs like In Bloom or Lithium or Breed, and nobody really paid too much attention to Teen Spirit while we were recording it. We just thought it was another cool song for the record. That's interesting. They had no idea it was going to be the anthem that it became. Rolling Stones have dropped their latest video for the just-released outtake, Living in the Heart of Love. The tune, which was originally recorded in early 1974 during the It's Only Rock and Roll sessions in Munich, is part of the expanded four-CD version of the band's 1981 chart-topper, Tattoo You, set for release on October 22nd. Uh, Clips of classic Stones videos pop up in the footage, including... She's so cold, start me up, hang fire, and worried about you as well. Joan Jett and the Blackhearts are the latest band to decide to pack up their road gear and wait out the pandemic. Yesterday, which was incidentally Jett's 63rd birthday, uh, she posted a message to fans announcing the Blackhearts were postponing their upcoming gigs. Uh, Jett will now close out uh, 2021 next Tuesday uh, in Huntington, New York at the Paramount. Okay. Uh, she'll be back on the road starting June 22nd of next year as part of the stadium tour with Motley Crue, Def Leppard, and Poison. Uh, she said, it's been a thrill to be back on tour recently. We all miss being on the road, playing for the fans, and playing together again. The continuing surge of COVID cases uh, due to the Delta variant should be of concern to all of us. Uh, while we are fully vaccinated, we are still being extremely cautious to protect our fans, our crew, and everyone else that works so hard to put on our show. So that's why they decided to uh, postpone things. And then one final thing, Ringo Starr has paid tribute uh, to late Rolling Stones drummer Charlie Watts, who died last month. Of course, he was 80 years old. Uh, He had said he was a beautiful human being. Mm. Um, He said that uh, the fellow drummer, he was talking about the fellow drummers, he recalled their days of some wild partying together in the 1970s. He said that uh, Ringo, uh, or he said that uh, Charlie was a great guy, a lot of fun. He had a harder band than I did to keep together. But looking back fondly on one memorable night, memorable night with Charlie and Led Zeppelin's John Bonham, Ringo said, "I had a party in the '70s, and I had a drum kit up in the attic. Uh, Charlie came, and so did John Bonham. 
And so we've got three drummers just hanging out, and Bonham got on the kit. But because it wasn't like when you're on stage and they essentially nail them down so they're steady, it was just there. So as he's playing, which, by the way, Bonham kicked the hell out of that kick drum. Yeah. Uh, he said that um, the bass drum was hopping away from him. So Ringo then described how he and Charlie actually held down the bass drum on the floor as John Bonham was playing it. Oh, I'd love to see that. Affectionately adding, we will miss Charlie. He was a beautiful human being. He was like the quiet man. Um, yeah, Ringo's always loved hanging out with other drummers. There's yeah. the, the famous um, footage that's used in um, The Kids Are All Right with him and Keith Moon. Oh, yeah. They hung out a lot. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, there you go. That's what I have in music news for you. We're going to break. We're going to come back and get ready to wrap up the show. So make sure that you hang close because we got some stuff for you to hear before we're done. We'll be right back. You've waited all summer. All right, you guys ready? And it's almost here. Yeah! Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia presents MMRBQ. Saturday, September 25th at BB&T Pavilion. The All-Day Rock Festival. Gonna be good, huh? Featuring Jane's Addiction, The Offspring, and Cheap Trick. We're gonna be drinking, we're gonna have a good time. Tickets to party on the lawn start at just 25 bucks and get you general admission for the first five bands. Dirty Honey, Dorothy, Mammoth Wolfgang Van Halen, Aaron Jones, and Foxtrot, and The Get Down. MMRBQ 2021. We're ready to rock! From 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks. Presented by Live Casino and Hotel Philadelphia. In the heart of South Philly. Game on. Uh, so we're getting ready to wrap up the program on this uh, Thursday morning. Some uh, thank yous are in order. I'd like to thank uh, M. Night Shyamalan for being here. And he has got uh, Shamaween 2021, Saturday, October 23rd at a secret location. And you can go to MNS. Uh, foundation.org or go to PrestonAndSteve.com and you'll find the info. But it's a, an incredible party. Steve Van Zandt yes. of the E Street Band uh, was on. We had a nice conversation with him. He's got his uh, memoir, which is available coming out on the 28th, and we had a nice conversation. And then we had Dorothy, MLRBQ, Saturday, BB&T Pavilion. And we have one more person to talk to, and I think it's Roseanne. Hi, Roseanne. Hi. Hi. You're calling in because something happened to you, right? I just won $500. She did it. She did it. Roseanne walked away. Uh, But you know what? You're probably saying, man, she took my $500. I don't think so. Because we have many more opportunities for you to win. Uh, So, Roseanne, tell us uh, just a, a brief bit about you, where you're from, and what do you do? Um, retired. I live in Redville, Pennsylvania. We listen to Preston and Steve every morning. Excellent. Nice. And retired. You can just use this for absolute pleasure then. That's fantastic. 500 bucks. Excellent. Well, listen, we thank you for listening. Do you listen to Pierre Robert regularly? Yes. There you go. Never heard of him. (laughs) No, but Pierre gives away money as well. He's going to be sharing the love again later on. So you're already wealthy now. Yeah. Uh, Roseanne, we just want to congratulate you. So, way to go, and thanks for listening to MMR. Well, thank you, guys. Have a great day. All right, you too. Five and a Very nice. Right there. Roseanne could barely contain herself. Say nicey. $500. And uh, like I said, Pierre's got more opportunities coming up, right, man? 
When you, um, it, yes, I do. Yes, Thank is you. the answer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was just passing that on. Oh, the yeah, next uh, part of the uh, conversation. Yes. I've been there. If it pleased the court. <laughs> if it pleased the court, I'll just pretend I said yes and then move to the next question I had, which was. Uh, <laughs> When you interviewed little Steven, did he know it was uh, the boss's, his boss's birthday? I'm sure he did, and I purposely didn't say anything to him because he was going to do a number of interviews today, and probably every single one of them was going to mention it's Bruce's birthday, so I stayed away from that. I think that was a wise choice, interview-wise. Ah, thank you. Yeah. Appreciate it. We were also, they had talked about actually asking him to call Bruce on the on the phone and wish him a happy birthday with us live on the air. But right. uh, that, that we said, man, thought better of it. Yeah. So he was, and he was not, he was a very good interview, but he wasn't, you know, there were stories that I knew he had told that I thought he would elaborate a bit on, but he wants to sell the book. I get it, you know. Right. But I mean, if you tell like one story from the book, yeah. you can then say, if you like that one, right. there's several more great stories in the mm-hmm. book. Mm-hmm. I think... I think, you know, you you got to tell a story or two. It's like when they say you're going to buy the whole chair, but you're just going to need the edge. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to have four legs and a stool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. As opposed yeah. to the belief of there being three. Right. right. I think that's correct. I think so, too. Yes. Uh, well, why don't we get the letter from him? Fine. All right. Be Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve show brought to you today by the letter. A as in... Artemis. Ah, I like that. Artemis. All right, so we're going to give away uh, tomorrow four-pack front-row tickets for the MM Barbecue right behind the pit. We'll give you VIP access, including food and drinks. Live casino and hotel Philadelphia present MM Barbecue 2021. Saturday, BB&T Pavilion. Of course, Shane's Addiction, The Offspring, Cheap Trick, Dirty Honey, Dorothy, Mammoth Wolfgang, Van Halen, Aaron Jones, and Foxtrot and the Get Down will be there. And so will you, hopefully, tickets to party on that lawn Start at just $25, and you can go to WMMR.com for complete details. So, it's coming up. Weather's looking good, too, Pierre. Yeah, it's looking great. Yeah. And uh, Marissa and I warmed up. We went to see the Killers last night. Yeah, I heard uh, it. She said it was um, really amazing. Freaking amazing, amazing is, I think, is what she show said. Yeah. At the uh, Electric Factory. And um, it's, um, I think they're playing Friday at Firefly, which is tomorrow, yeah. Yeah. So um, that was cool. We had a lot of fun with that. Nice. Um, what was the attendance like? Was it packed? Yeah. yeah. It was packed. Awesome. But it was, you know, they had uh, set requirements, right. like, which were, you know, pretty intense. By today's standards, you had to be vaccinated and show proof of your vaccination and then show your ID to show that it was you. Because some people, you know, I could have used Kathy's sure. vaccination card. She sells it for anybody. She sells them. <laughs> I mean, she's got a little van yeah. downstairs. and she two to sells four hundred. Yeah, two to four hundred, yeah. depending on, you know, what she thinks she can get out of any given person. And no, you need depending ala- on the, the vaccine, which the, one it is. Oh, I Johnson get you. Johnson & Johnson okay. goes for 200. Oh, okay. Pfizer's three. Yeah, and she's Moderna four. She's got a good business sensibility. And you had to take a, make sure you had a, a, a quick <clears throat> test, right? Yeah. yeah. And, um. So I went around the corner. There's a little um, uh, urgent care in Narberth that Jackson turned me on to. So I went over there and got one. Marissa got one on the site. They actually had a little tent there. There you go. Uh, and, and it was actually, you know, it was a little crowded getting in there. But once you got that done, it was pretty efficient. Then you got these little wristbands uh, that said you had uh, been vaccinated and that you were testing negative, And you still had to wear your mask inside. Um but um, it was a great time. Cool. Uh, it was, a, you know, it was. Those were a couple little strange things, but it all worked out. The band posted on Instagram concerning the show last night. This is great. They said tonight was better than a, 
uh, gobbler from Wawa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nice local reference. Very nice reference. Yeah. Well, um, we'll have a couple flashbacks to the show on the program today. Uh, we'll also have uh, blocks of uh, barbecue artists, including uh, like The Offspring and maybe Mammoth, Wolfgang Van Halen and Dorothy, who you spoke to. Uh, we've got a block of the Black Crows with some Dirty Honey in there because they're in Camden tonight. And as you mentioned, Dirty Honey then is on with us on Saturday. That's great. Uh, which is cool. And uh, the boss is 72. So we'll do a nice big block of Bruce. I guess that means Dirty Honey's and hanging out for the weekend. So yeah, maybe you'll encounter them somewhere. Yeah, right? yeah. Uh, we were drinking with them last night. Um, with, with Dirty Honey? No, Marissa went right home. Oh. I foolishly went to a tavern. <laughs> And Dirty Honey was there? No. Oh. They weren't there at all. No. Well, you no, said I just we got were drunk. drinking with them. That was a joke. Oh. <laughs> that part was a jokey. That was an extension of reality. Okay. That was a fantasy. Okay. No, Brandon Flowers and the Killers and I, we were all hanging out together. Thank you. Right. You got to understand, Kathy got started for selling those fake COVID. Uh... And then Led Zeppelin reunited at this little, um, at Dirty Frank's on 13th. Dirty what did, Frank's. What did yeah. I believe Casey said today? Oh, that uh, he had, uh, as a dream job, he oh, wrote he down in high school, goofy, goofy sidekick. <laughs> I yeah, gotta go. Living the dream. I've got like foggy brain. Foggy brain sounds yeah. a great band name, right? That yeah, would be a great band. Name. They show up at the wrong venue. Yes, <laughs> they're spying. We are foggy brain. Where's everybody? I like that. All right, uh, that's all I got. All right, right. thank you, sir. I'm going to thank our sponsor, Especially Steve Show, brought to you by Acme Fresh Foods, local <laughs> flavors. Also, uh, Duncan, the official coffee of the President Steve Show. And the Pennsylvania Renaissance Fair. You can experience it at PA Ren Fair. Dot com. Tomorrow is uh, No Sad Bro. It's a Friday, so we're stoked about that. We give away our Word of the Week prize and anything else we have. And we also have uh, comedian Joe List on the show. Nice. Uh, so that is it. We're done. A rage on. Have yourself a great day. Stay dry. It's going to be getting wet in a little while. We'll see you tomorrow, gang. Bye-bye. <laughs> WMMR. Hey everybody, it's good to have you on the bat bat two da bat two ba 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 